0: Hello. Welcome to Forefront 360, where we take you all around a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. My name is Cody Schweikert. I'm here with Rich Chrisman. Hello. And Nate Mancini.
1: Hello. So today we're going to be talking about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And you might be saying, wait a minute, this is a movie podcast? Well, yeah, today, today it is. Uh, Because all three of us are are fans of Star Wars And we thought it would be good to gather and discuss this movie Now, we are drinking some tea But if this type of podcast is not your cup of tea uh, You don't have to stay for it You can skip it and move on Mark it as played Come back and and move on to the next episode we're
2: about to spill the tea
1: Indeed. We're about to spill the tea uh, on on lots of things about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Um, This is going to be a spoiler-filled podcast, so if you have uh, any interest in Star Wars, we would recommend that you see the movie first, and then come back and listen to this review. Please don't listen to this episode if you haven't seen the movie. We don't want to spoil anything for you before you see it. Um, So this is just going to be a fun conversation. Cody Schweikert's going to host, and we're going to have a fun discussion of the rise of skywalker. Hope you enjoy.
0: All right. So, I am by now listener, you know how long this episode was. Right now, we have no idea. The world lays before us. We have 12 hours. Uh we freed our schedules <laughs> 12 hours and we're ready to go longer if we need to. Good. Um we don't expect to. Uh but who knows? We're the first thing we're going to do though is uh share our initial thoughts just there's so much to talk about hard to see the future is it is hard to see my young padawan and i am so nervous and excited and sad and angry and happy and joyful and i'm feeling a lot of things as we all are got a lot of thoughts to share so just give me let's go around rich you kick us off initial thoughts walking out of the theater
2: all right I don't want to start us on such a conflicted note, but I'm going to have to. Um, I am a huge Star Wars fan. I don't know if you guys have been following us since we did our Last Jedi podcast two years ago, but uh, uh, I was on that one, and hopefully you could sense my fervor there. But I will say that I uh, the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters was The Phantom Menace, so mm. I've seen now uh, eight Star Wars movies in the theater, if you count the spinoffs. Rich, are you like 37 years old? Uh, not yet. Phantom I'm- Menace. 1998. 1998. Wow. Yep. And, um, 99,
1: right?
2: Probably. <laughs> and, um, the um, He was young. Yeah, a little boy, second grade. Anyway, I... Um,
1: Just a little boy on tattoo.
2: Yeah, me. I actually got a bowl cut, so I would look like Little Annie. So. <laughs> anyway, Good choice, um, that
1: aged nicely. I
2: know. So, uh, but what I'm... Uh, my point is, I've seen a number of Star Wars movies in theaters, and this is the only Star Wars movie, uh, including the prequels, where I felt sad... At the moment that the credits rolled.
1: Yes, I know from experience the word Rich used was crestfallen. It's true. Nate and I did see
2: the movie together. But um, I actually felt like... I'm I'm talking the literal moment that the credits rolled. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like, there should have been more. Like, I felt somehow cheated that the credits were already rolling, Mm -hmm. and my mind was, like, spinning with questions at that moment. And at a movie that, I mean, frankly, a movie that was billed and marketed as the ultimate conclusion to the Skywalker saga, that was going to, you know, I, I read articles where People, I I forget who actually said this, but I I read multiple articles quoting this moment where someone saw the final scene, like months before the movie released, and said that the final scene of the movie will leave you in tears. You'll be so happy at the end. It's an amazing scene. Oh, that's so much to live up to. Yeah, and and I was anticipating, and granted, you know, I did this to myself, but I was anticipating probably a. far too specific thing for what I expected to be at the end of the conclusion Mm. of the Skywalker saga. And in fact, and I'll get into this more later, but what I was expecting the final scene to be was actually, like, couldn't have been more different than what the final scene actually was. Mm. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so my initial thoughts were kind of like, wow, that was it? And, and, uh, which just pains me to say, Uh. as a huge Star Wars fan, um, I'm ready for another trilogy. But... Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Nate, how did you feel? Um, I so I got the inside scoop. Rich told, Rich reported to me. Yeah. So I already know <laughs> that you were disappointed with the movie. I just could felt I felt a tremor in the forest. Well, Actually, I'll just say, I'll just say it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, go, I, ahead, I go ahead, go so, ahead. So, describe Nate's face. Right, so
2: I'm there, and my wife is next to me, and Nate and his wife are a few seats down. And when the I I was sitting there quietly, and my wife said, what did you think? And I said, let's just wait until the lights come up. <laughs> and then when the lights came up in the theater, I turned over and I looked at Nate and the people, <laughs> and the people in between us had stood up and Nate was just sitting there completely still and his face was like a little white. <laughs> and I was like, wow, it looks like he enjoyed it.
0: And that was my, um... So Rich's description, uh, I said, "My, I bet Nate did not like it. And Rich texted me back and said, He looked like he just watched a puppy get murdered on on screen. (laughs) And so we're going to get more into that. I think part of that is just, I know the movie and I know you, Nate. And so I'm so excited to hear you, um, just reflect on this. You want to, you want to go now? Share your thoughts.
1: Like, like watching an
0: Ewok get
1: murdered. Oh, I'm so (laughs) glad we we got to see an Ewok. Thank goodness. Oh yeah. Thank goodness for that. Yes. That was good. Yes. Wicket W. Warwick and his, and his kid. That's cool. Amazing. Um, that's that's some good nostalgia there mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree um, I, I was disappointed in this film I think part of the reason I was just staring at the screen Was I, I do like to kind of like Sit and like watch the credits And like just kind of drink in the end of it um, But I, I wouldn't say I was happy At the end, I, I was indeed disappointed But I wasn't shocked um, I think I went into this movie Kind of understanding that It was going to please some people And not others, I went in expecting it To be divisive um, not in the same way the last Jedi was divisive, but expecting it to be divisive, and you know to make some bold choices, and that I wouldn't be happy with all of them. So I don't think my expectations were too high. I kind of figured like it's going to be okay, um, and I think it's going to be, be, it's fine. Gonna, it's gonna be it's okay. Be, it's be, we'll it's survive be fine. this one, <laughs> yes. And and I think what happened was um, part way through the movie. I don't know exactly how far. Maybe it was. Maybe it was pretty close to the beginning. Maybe it was a third of the way through. I just realized, like, this isn't the movie that I wanted. Um, Like, the, the main plot decisions that were made in terms of what this movie is about is not what I wanted it to be. And it didn't make this trilogy what I wanted it to be. I think this movie kind of recontextualizes the sequel trilogy. As to telling us what it's about
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, And I And I did not agree with this movie's direction In terms of what the sequel trilogy Is supposed to be about What have, mm-hmm. what are the themes, what are the goals What are the, where are the characters supposed to get to And so almost like a third of the way Through the movie I was just like I'm just going to like enjoy this and have fun yep. with it Because this was not made for me It's mm-hmm. not what I would have wanted But I'll just see where it goes And I'll enjoy it And so I I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, There's still lightsabers, right? There were still lightsabers. It was a, like yeah. I enjoyed watching, it. and there are so many things about this movie that I really appreciate, and so mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm excited to talk about highlights. Um, I like J.J. Abrams. He's yeah. a good director. He does some stuff so well, and mm-hmm. he, you know, where his strengths are, he shined here. Um, but overall, I didn't love the the plot of the film, the direction of the film, and that I'm sure we'll get into in critiques. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we will
0: critique. There's uh, plenty to critique, but there's also plenty to enjoy, which is where we're going to turn next. But quickly, I'll yeah, share how I felt. Uh, so un- unlike you guys, so I've been... The first two uh, entries of this trilogy, I was following the fan theories, the YouTube videos, the conspiracy theories, the predictions, the the leaks, the uh, the you know the cast and um, i was really prepared and had expectations for the movie before i saw it for both force awakens and the last jedi yeah. i did a little social experiment this time as you guys know i removed myself from the group chat we have um i <laughs> have left the group chat, I the group chat um, because i just wanted to kind of go in fresh with no expectations and for the most part i i did that and i think it probably um, it probably enriched my experience i think I was uh there was a conflict which I think I wanna unpack later on, this conflict within, I sense the conflict within. it is and it, I learned a lot about myself and a lot about movie viewers, and I think I think that conflict is what was core to my experience. So like you Nate, I'm like, you know what? this is appealing to the child in me, but not so much the uh, the thinker in me. And I'm gonna just let this happen. I'm gonna let this wash over me. Um, I think it's definitely a movie that everyone needs to see more than once, probably, just for the sheer fact that it's such a fat movie in, in terms of plot, it's and packed. it oh, is packed, um, it feels, I'll save that for critique, but it is packed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know what, it's a Star Wars movie, it's a sci-fi film, it's not like, um, Martin Scorsese, or it's not, you know, an Oscar grab, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, space opera, but really it's a, it's an alien movie. It's, a, it's space. We thank God for the Mandalorian. I'll yeah, say that. Oh but, uh, no, I walked out feeling excited and there were moments where I just, I was in those nice, uh, loungy leather chairs that recline. And there were several moments throughout where I just jolted upright in my seat. I was like, no way that's going to happen right now. Yeah. And so it did that for me. Um, I liked it. I hated it. I loved it. Uh, I despise it. So fear, anger, hate, destruction, uh, suffering. It all leads leads to the dark side. Um, So let's, from there, uh, I'm going to kick us off with some highlights here. And um, where do we begin, boys, with the highlights? Um, For me... If we go roughly in chronological order, roughly, yeah. the, the trippy Music Fest on this planet, and I'm sorry, I don't know, all I didn't memorize all the names of the planets. Um, it's like the kite party. <laughs> yeah, the kite party <laughs> I mean, with the colorful powder. Time. Like, that was just, like, I'm like, thank you. You have the opportunity as a creative to, like, you have unlimited, you don't need to explain yeah. uh, where this alien race comes from or how they have this technology or what this culture is about. You can just create anything you want you yeah. can imagine anything you want and so it was on a desert planet which was not creative yeah, not I'm like desert, for yeah. the love yeah. of everything <laughs> yeah, that is yeah, yeah. force sensitive can we you know we...
2: how many biomes there are I'm here? like
0: oh my <laughs> gosh can we get off the desert but yeah. the festival at the desert was really cool and creative and I was yeah. like
1: yeah let's spend let's spend a few minutes here that was really fun it was cool yeah, the party sequence was cool. Um, it was a fun, like, the chase that happened after that was pretty pretty cool and fun. Mm-hmm. I thought overall that planet was one of my favorites in terms of, like, the stuff that happened there.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about what happened next with, like, Ray and, and Kylo. Do you want to go there? Um, you want that's to move a different on to It just happens <laughs> on the same planet. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay. So we'll go to some other stuff.
0: Okay. Um, real quick, I have uh, Darth Ray. Okay, so oh, you're good. they're in the Death Star. Very cool scene. Um I just thought that was so good. It was in the trailer, so, you know, that was designed... It was really... She was Darth Ray for about four seconds. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it kind you know definitely called back to Luke in the cave on Dagobah, you know, facing sure. himself. And so I, I didn't mind that mirroring. I thought different things were at stake, so it didn't feel like a regurgitation there. And I just, like... Her teeth were sharp in this image, yeah, and she kind so of like, did this thing, yeah, and it was, it was almost red. like... Bilbo Baggins-ish reaching for the ring moment. And I was like, oh, that's freaky. And uh, we got a little concept lightsaber and it was just a few seconds, but... It really dramatized like Ray's character arc and her temptation, and so I like that moment.
1: It kind of called back to the Force Awakens and like the force back sequence that yes. Ray has, where it just it feels very like instantaneous, like mm-hmm. it's like shocking and fast and like mm-hmm. bam, like oh, what's that next to me? It's, I, I like that. It's, there's that factor well, there.
2: The use <clears throat> of I think it was really cool too because it made it. They paid attention to detail, and they gave her visual affects that looked like what she would realistically Mm -hmm. look like if she became a darksider we got the saber staff and and her cloak was made of a grey material like her Jedi training robes mm. on Octo yes. so like it, it was not just like ooh dark Ray black cloak yeah. red saber, like it was very a very specific yeah. what Ray would look like on well, the dark side. Well thought out, yeah. and you
0: could tell Daisy Ridley, they're like okay today's the day we're doing that little Sith sequence, so let's get you you know, and you could tell she enjoyed that you yeah, know, which yeah. is it was just really cool. And I didn't put together the whole staff thing yeah. um, until you just said that, mm-hmm. uh, Rich, but yeah, that was really cool. Um, and then from there we go to the duel between uh, Ray and Ren on the you know the wreckage of the Death Star, yeah. which I, I can't say enough about this. What are your before I say anything? What are your thoughts on that light, like lightsaber duel? Not just the action of it, but the consequences of it for their characters.
2: I mean, it's certainly the turning point of the movie. Mm-hmm. And talk about that. I mean, the pot is boiling over at that. Point. Like, mm-hmm. Rey is extremely conflicted. We've seen her use the dark side now. Mm-hmm. We've seen her use the dark side by choice in that mm-hmm. scene, mm-hmm. Um, which is something that we know from all the other movies is something sometimes you can't come back from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that's that's really big. And I actually started to lose... Um, I could talk a lot about this, which I won't, but uh, I actually started to like lose a little faith in Rey yes. in that scene. Yeah. Yes! And, and I started... I started actually hoping for one thing that I was really hoping for in this movie is that Rey would turn to the dark side. I thought that that would be, like, really interesting and unpredictable and different than prior movies. But Plus, anyway. you're
0: just a bad person. Yeah, like, I, if I, anyone I, knows Rich, Christen, I was he's hoping, just bad.
2: I was hoping that the Skywalker saga would end with everyone on the dark side. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But the, um, Rich no evil. That would not be balanced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, That's the, why um, he was sad walking yeah. out. He was crestfallen. Yeah, the good guys yeah. won. Yeah. No, just kidding. But in reality, I, I started to lose some faith in Rey, it was really interesting. In that scene, we also started to get, like, inklings that Finn is Force-sensitive. Mm-hmm. And, and a little bit before as well. So I'm like, I, I was really excited for a minute, and I was like, wait, are they setting up some sort of thing where, like, Finn is, like, gonna bring balance to the Force here, and she's dark, yeah. and she's gonna run off with Kylo, and, yeah. like, you know, like, that was, that was really interesting to me. Interesting. But they... Finn, Snuff that out momentarily. <laughs> yeah, well, office. Finn ends up
0: being yeah. Force-sensitive in the way that a few characters from Rogue One are. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh!
2: Well, also in the way that Leia was in the original trilogy. Right. Like, yeah. oh, I've got a, I've got a Spidey sense here. Yeah. You know, so... It was like a that was, yeah. you know... kind that's new- cool. I'm yeah, like I'm neutral that. on that. I'm like, yeah. okay. I mean, the Force... I mean, the... F- like, I, I love talking about, like, what the Force is because depending on the m- which movie you're watching, it almost is it a different thing. Different, yeah. Yep. But, I mean, yep. I think that the Force, like... I, I've always kind of... The version of the Force that I choose to believe in is the the one where, like, it's not like, oh, if you have the Force, you're automatically a Jedi or Sith. Like, yeah. the Force flows through all things, so it makes all, sense yeah, yeah. that there would be people that are sensitive to the Force that aren't mm-hmm. Anakin the rocks, Skywalker. The yeah, rocks, yeah, the yeah, people, a, everything, right? Yeah, sure. But, um... Yeah. Just my last thought on that um moment, I just... Because it has to be said, the fact that they're fighting on the... Um, wreckage of the Death Star is super cool. Yeah. And the fact that those waves are, like, crashing around them, they're pushing each other up and down these different Mm -hmm. surfaces, Yeah, it felt similar in sort of an antithetical way to the Mustafar, Mustafar yeah baby three, yeah. which is I still and now that I've seen all the movies I think that's hands I mean, down just the to best. clarify
0: you're referring to the greatest lightsaber that's what I'm talking in about all yeah of the so, I mean now yeah.
2: there's no competition it's the best saber battle right. in all
0: so, movies so Rich I'm glad you brought this up and I want to spend just a few minutes here because to me this is I think the best part of this movie and I want to bring you in Nate but for me, <laughs> in that, during that lightsaber battle, not not the battle is that specific battle is the best part of the movie. But Ray and Ren, and when they're on scene together, every yeah. of one of my favorite scenes includes them, and their whole character development is, I think, the strongest part of the whole trilogy. It's and the best part of the trilogy, it is. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but in that scene where they're fighting, and they weren't, there wasn't a ton of dialogue there. They're fighting, right? No. But. They had done Abrams had done something up to that point where I again was questioning Ray. I was like, yeah. man, she's she's kinda very subtly changing in this movie and she's kinda going toward the dark side. And and I found myself in a moment like, Oh, I want Ben to I really like Ben Solo. I really like Kylo Ren. Like he's, Remember he wasn't
2: Ben at that point. He wasn't, but he was yeah. on
0: he was on the eve of that. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh I yeah, I just you, you know, you fast forward to them at Exegol and Um, I just, I loved that. The connection that they had, it was like the one thing that Abrams decided to not retcon from (laughs) Last Jedi was like this forced timing connection thing that they're... Both yeah. directors were like, "Okay, this
1: is cool." And yeah. he even he even moved it forward. He did where instead of just kind yeah, of force yeah, yeah. timing. Now they can like pass objects. Well, right. the, the yeah. amount yeah, of like
2: lore ba- that came out of this movie, like if there's any lore that came out of this movie that's like important to the series as a whole, I think the most important bit is that, like this yeah. existence of the diads dyads yeah. in the yeah. force or whatever is huge, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and so you have this character development, and I've kind of illustrated it here in my mind as y- you have Ren's redemption. Right from from Ben Solo turns Kylo Ren back to Ben Solo, right? So the redemption there, and then Ray's temptation, and the mirror there is so artistic and aesthetically pleasing, and um, I just think that's actually a really, really beautiful um, construction. Right. So I don't know, Nate, what do you think of this scene and maybe this theme more generally?
1: No, I think it's I think it's very interesting, and I think like. If if what this film is had been what the entire trilogy was, it would have worked so much better. Yeah. Um the fact that it kinda of feels tacked on is what's unfortunate. But this idea of like someone of good lineage tempted to be bad. Yeah, and yeah. like someone with bad lineage like like really seeming to be good and then like kind of the reversal of that. Yes. There's a lot of great stuff there and it's it's so like classic Star Wars. Yeah. You know? So I think that's it's absolutely the best best part of the movie is Ray and Kylo Ren wait, their wait, connection so, uh, and let's pause we're networks.
0: not addressing the elephant we're not addressing the uh, hanging corpse by a tentacle in the room here no so we are
1: not so just real quick there are a few things I just really really liked in this movie I mean. I think all the new characters are great. Uh, we got Zori Bliss, played by Carrie Russell. We got Babu Frick, who's a puppet. Uh, we hey, got we got Jannah, uh, played by Naomi Ackie. We got Legion General Pride, played by Richard E. Grant. We got Dio, the new droid. Um, a lot of new characters, and it's like, like Abrams didn't have to do that, right? He could have just no. had all the same characters. He really didn't have. And, to and did, he didn't. He did. He did, he did right. not have to add add new characters. And I think he probably did too many because he didn't have time to develop them. Yep. But the pieces that we got of these, I'm like, these are like interesting characters, and they're yeah. Yeah, very they definitely and are. they're very like Star Warsy, yeah. just like, the, mean, Force yeah, like rain, the Force Awakens characters. Yeah, like the Force Awakens. I yeah. mean, it's like he was Absolutely. able to just kind of drop in these people, yeah. and it's like. The whole movies rushed yeah so you don't get a whole lot of them but the pieces that you do get you're like these are people that I would be interested in getting to know better
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, I thought the stuff between Zori and and Poe is actually really fun um, learning that Poe's a spice runner in the past <laughs> and that just the jokes that come out of yeah, that. it's funny. just it's a great little piece of backstory that it just adds some good humor to the film mm-hmm.
3: um,
1: so I like the new characters overall there's just like some some funny dialogue. I mean, oh, definitely. In, particularly in the first hour of the film, which again is super rushed, but it's just mm-hmm. like one set piece after another. Yeah. Some great witty dialogue. Um, Abrams is great at that. Yeah, so that's he something he's so good at. Ever, yeah, at. yeah. indeed, yeah. 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 <laughs> perfectly so. And so that's like what made the first uh, Star Trek movie so fun—is like mm-hmm. all these character interactions and dialogue. There's a lot of that in The Force Awakens. Yeah, um, he does that again here. I mean, it's like it's trademark Abrams, and it's just it's just fun to watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go lightning round here,
0: and uh, interrupt me if you want to dwell on it for a second, because I also want to give you guys a chance to bring up scenes or stuff that i miss okay yeah. so uh we have um chewy mourns leia's death i believe this is the moment where they're they're at their rebel base wherever this is this jungle planet right chewy mourns leia's death he just kind of falls on, that was to me actually one of the most emotional moments um yeah. i don't know why but it's just like he's just crying out and he's on his knees and It was like, yes, he should be the most emotionally affected person standing there, and they all obviously admired and adored Leia. But they've got the history, and Chewie's not a dumb animal. Like he's just because he, right? Mm -hmm. He's he's a thinking creature, and so to me, that was like, whoa, that is heavy, that is emotional, and they needed to do that. And with the fact that Carrie Fisher actually passed away, you know, um, that was just powerful for me. Uh, Han and Ben have a moment. Was not
2: expecting to see Harrison Ford in this. Yeah. Um, in fact, when he said, "Hey, kid," I thought it was Luke. Me too. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Because there's, you yeah. don't see him right away. Because he uh, says, "See around, kid." The last yes, time we saw. Yes. Him. Yeah. Which is not paid off. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> no, yeah. it's not. <laughs> he won't.
0: Um, but uh, that moment to me was the most most gospel gospely moment where there's like this father and son, and the son has literally murdered the father and you know, Han just extends nothing but grace toward him, touches his face again. They do a re they do a reshoot of that scene from Force Awakens, uh-huh. except yeah. it goes in the direction you want it to go to, where, you know It's almost
2: like they got a re- they got a replay.
0: They got a replay and uh Ren, you know, chucks his lightsaber into the sea. I just thought that was I thought that was pr- beautiful. Um Hux is the spy. Hilarious. Uh, I I would have liked a little more of Hux, and he just <laughs> he just blow him. I thought his death was like so cheap yeah, they just shoot him. And I'm like, okay, we're done with him. Oh, uh, all right. All right um, Palpatine's manipulation of Ray. Okay, so here I only mean that we can critique the fact that Palpatine's even in this movie later. But here I mean where Palpatine is like, hey, join me. We can be evil together. And it's not really working. And so instead, he opens the little sky roof in his dungeon there and says. Okay. Look at all he's your friends. Your friends are dying. You can save them if you strike me down. You I can. picture
2: him in his head. He's like, okay, this is, all right. yeah. Did this before. <laughs> Showing the ships outside. Yep. Okay, yep. here you
1: go. let so, so, yeah. Snoke do it before. Showing yeah, the yeah, ships. Yeah. He's, like, he's getting getting all right, so, we've done this before.
2: But, but just
0: that theme of like, <laughs> oh, I can turn these people who think they're good by kind of threatening them with something that they love and kind of turning them say, you know, you can save the ones you love if you trust me. And that deception is, I think, really effective. And even the second time around, I liked it. Um, yeah, so what did I miss, boys? What do you got? Highlights. You're talking about highlights? Yeah.
2: All right. So my highlights are going to be different, probably, uh, or a little bit. So I am, I just, I don't know what this means to any of you, but I'm, like, deep into, like, the Star Wars lore stuff. So that's what was the biggest highlights of this movie to me. Um, the fact that we had, even though we got so little of it, um the fact that we got ben solo or i'm sorry kylo ren um landing on mustafar and going into vader's yeah. castle to yeah. get that sith wayfinder um I, I have so <laughs> many i have so name. many thoughts about what that. a good name I'm, for that i'm so uh, the garmin, sith wayfinder. i'll talk about this later I'm this so podcast upset. brought
0: to you by the garmin sith yeah, wayfinder it is it's a,
2: a, it's a <laughs> clearly 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 a holocron map. <laughs> why in the world would you not call it a holocron i'll talk about that later but the point is um so he goes in there looking for this device um it's definitely Mustafar. If you're into the extended universe canon stuff, like we know, like we know that Mustafar is growing back from the lava world, which we saw. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry.
0: It. Are you saying that the opening scene where Kylo Ren, very beginning, they're on yeah. Mustafar, yeah. and that's yeah. confirmed, and that's yeah. Vader's castle.
2: How cool into. is yeah, that? Yeah, see, it's super awesome. All right. Yeah. Um, so, really cool. I thought that was awesome. Um, and we can talk about this more later. You don't even have to sound off, guys. But. Um, the Emperor um, being, like, undead, I thought was a really cool move. Like, I know the Emperor's coming back based on the trailer whatever, but the fact that he's got, like, sightless eyes and, like, mm-hmm. his fingers are messed up or whatever, like, Decrepid, I thought that was yeah. super cool. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that he was, like, attached to, like, a droid thing, I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, the Jar of Snokes was a cool visual. <laughs> the I that, <laughs> um, that. The pickled this, Snokes this was cool nice. lava lamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. the Jar, 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 jar yeah. Snokes. Yeah, I thought that was snokes. cool. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so let's see, a couple of my other highlights i prepared are, we've already talked about, uh, Ray seeing her uh, Sith reflection was awesome.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I really liked the Luke and Leia flashback, where we got to see them mm. uh, young training. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that was a surprise. It was see, unexpected. Yeah, um, it was too brief. Like, <laughs> so make a movie about it. A it surprise, but a welcome one. But <laughs> but the, <laughs> but the um, I did think that, like, and this is so minute, but like I did think that, like, given the technology we saw with... Um, in Rogue One, with that same mm-hmm. tech, I felt that Luke and Leia didn't look as realistic as Leia did. And um, Oh, really? My mind's yeah. blanking. in Rogue One. Yeah, the, I thought they looked more realistic in that, <laughs> so that was interesting. But um, I thought that was cool. Uh, I really loved a, a great moment that I felt my heart, like, swell, is when in the uh, space battle at Exegol, when all the rebels have come together yeah. to fight, and he said, well, great scene, but then when he says... Uh, First order, final order. uh navy oh, yes. Is talking, and the guy says, "Since when do they have a navy?" And the the assistant or adjutant said, "It's they don't have a navy. It's just people. They're just." people. I, I thought that was Dunkirk, like my, man. Yeah, my, right. Dunkirk. Exactly. My my heart swelled that at that so point. It was so good. Yeah. Um, my the scene in the movie that gave me the most uh, internal happiness was um. Ben Solo fighting the Knights of Ren and yeah. using the Skywalker saber to do it. Yeah, um, and I can talk about this more later. But the fact that we only got a split moment of that really disappointed me. But that split moment was my personal favorite part of the movie, mm-hmm. and I was like at the edge of my seat, hoping for more of that content. Yeah, but, solo. um yeah, and they did a good job with it because he was he was still wearing his. His blacks, but it was like different than his Sith cloaks, you yep. know. And then Luke wore all black in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm, yeah. He and like his the lightsaber just looked right in his hand. Yeah. And I'll talk about this more later, but he looks so much like Anakin in that scene. Mm-hmm. He's using Anakin's lightsaber. He has long hair. Yeah. He's wearing all black like Anakin does in Revenge of the Sith. I I, I was I was ready for like a series connecting moment. Where like we might you know even get Hayden Christensen or something in there I but we'll I'll talk about that more later. Well, Hayden speaks right. Yeah, which I'll talk about. Okay. So I love the dead so, speak. So again, my last uh, yeah. So my last high uh, my last highlight is honestly probably my biggest highlight in the movie. Um, again, I'm a really big uh, Star Wars content guy even outside the movies, and I, I thought it was a really cool touch. I was really thankful that. When Ray is calling on the Jedi and the Jedi are talking, we got the voices of Jedi from all of the official films as well as Jedi from the TV mm-hmm. shows and video games. Mm-hmm. Oh, Which, did you
1: catch yeah. that? What?
2: Yeah. So, in the if you look at the credits, you can now like look it up. But if you like on IMDb, but when the credits rolled, it credited all the Jedi's voices, mm-hmm. and it included Kanan and from Rebels and Ahsoka Tano from Clone Wars. Uh, and like I just thought that was like a really did you cool. K- did you hear that in in the moment? I heard Ahsoka. Because she's pretty iconic. But like mm-hmm. I didn't see until I saw the credits about the other yeah. people. What so voice were you? Cool.
0: What voice brought you most joy?
1: I'm probably Anakin's. I don't I don't know. Know. Yeah, Qui Gon Jinn stood out. Yeah, to me. that was, was cool. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Mace yeah. Windu was pretty cool. It's been so long. It's you know. Yeah. Um, one more scene I'd love to mention when Luke raises the X-wing. Uh, yeah, that was, that, 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 was, was cool. that was special for me. I was you like, smile. I was like, yeah. this is like the right kind of nostalgia for yeah. me. Yeah, um, and and I loved it too because <sighs> I didn't I didn't feel like it was like going back on anything in the Last Jedi. I felt like it was like a continuation of Luke's arc. Yeah, in the yep, Last Jedi, absolutely. where like Luke really got somewhere in the Last Jedi. He did. So he, he really learned something. He went. He he came a long way. And now he he is, like, being the hero that we want him to be. Yeah. And for him to, like, be there on Octo and, like, be raising the X-Wing for Ray to use, uh-huh. you know, to go save the day. It's, like, it's just, it's such a great moment. Yeah. You're just, like, you're, like, that's the Luke Skywalker
2: yeah, yeah. I I, I was really yeah. happy with Luke. Yeah. Like, of, of <laughs> all the things, there were many things that I didn't like the closure on. Yeah. Luke's closure, I think, was great. Yeah, I was wouldn't great. have changed anything. Yeah. And I like even his, like, gruff attitude when, like... He catches. She goes yeah. him and he's like, "What are <laughs> you doing?" Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like Nate,
0: this, yeah. the thing you point out—the cohesion—because yeah. it was, it wasn't a retcon. Like, uh, Luke did learn something yeah. in the Last Jedi, he and so it wasn't, it wasn't JJ saying, "No, this is the Luke the fans wanted," and I'm going to say, "I changed my mind. I was wrong about coming here. You should leave." Yeah. You know, yeah. we—it makes sense, and it's a fair conclusion, and yeah. we already expect Luke to say something like that. Before this movie starts So and Come on Luke, That was good
2: And Luke yeah. needed I, I'm really thankful For Luke's arc In this trilogy Because mm-hmm. if Luke Had been the hero We left in episode 6 Yeah And he just stayed that way The whole time oh, Terrible Like by this By episode 9 We'd be like Alright got it Luke's yeah. a Jedi Get it Yep, yep. Yeah.
1: That was, that know, was So I, I'm really happy Luke's with arc is good It was big and even the moment when he catches the saber and he's like, "That's no way to treat the weapon of a Jedi." I actually like that. Like, yeah. like I, I love so much about the Last Jedi. But this, it didn't feel like a retcon to me, or like it was like mad at the Last Jedi. That moment felt like it was Luke making fun of himself. Yes. Oh my god! That yes. he he had learned something. He had gotten somewhere in the last Jedi to the point where he was making fun of his own action at the beginning of Which the last like, Jedi. You're referring to yeah, the, the opening when, when, of the movie. when he tosses yeah, the saber right. at the beginning of the last Jedi and now he's like you shouldn't do that. Uh, like it's almost like someone well, who is smoked like telling someone else like don't smoke. Well it's, it's like it's such a great it was it was good. Yeah, it's also even lo- even poetic in a
2: larger sense too because Rey is doing exactly what Luke did crashing yeah. a ship on Octo and trying to stay there forever, yeah, so she right. doesn't turn to the dark. Yeah. You know, I think that that's you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. He's helping uh, her, not and he's like, that. "Hey, I've done this. Let's not yeah. do that this time." Oh and I think gosh. that's pretty cool. Yeah. That was yeah, one of the best parts. Yes,
0: yeah, so I guess we just love this movie. I guess so. we, we we can end the show here.
2: Yeah, I don't have a single. Picture. Have a great night, everybody. Yeah,
0: yeah. false. <laughs> we have got much to discuss. Um, Nate, before we conclude this segment, do you
1: have uh, anything we missed highlight wise? I mean, there's so much I'd love to mention. Uh, I'm I'm glad we got to talk about Luke's scene there. Uh, I did want to mention I thought their treatment of Leia overall was really good. They just had some old, you know, some footage of Leia that they'd already shot. And they Mm -hmm. were able to integrate that into this movie in, I think, a really respectful way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was great. Um, It's not the Leia conclusion that I would have expected or that I would have liked but given what they had, I yeah. think they did the best they could, you know, with that footage. So I yeah. thought that was impressive, and to be able to watch that and be like, th- the fact that um, Carrie Fisher passed away uh, late 2016, oh, was and, it really? And they didn't even oh, start God. filming this until uh, August of 2018. Wow! So there was a long gap there, and to be able to come into this movie and be able to, I think, create create those moments that they did, that was, was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. So that was that was good. Well, she uh, was-
2: Definitely a powerful force in this film.
1: Yes. Yeah, no so was, pun intended. Really cool. yeah. Yeah. No as pun as in much there. as she could have been given that that sad limitation of uh, not having the actress. Um, and then I also want to mention the scene when, when Rey passes the lightsaber to Kylo. I mean, we, we talked about uh-huh. ob- object passing, but near the end when she puts the lightsaber behind her back oh. and, and Kylo grabs it. I mean, it was, it's just... Such a wonderful follow-up he, to the He era. puts his hands out like, They're dual. here
0: we go. The whole yeah. dynamic of that fight changes, because he's, yeah. he's kind of getting his butt kicked by the Knights oh, yeah. of Ren for a yeah. second, and then he gets a lightsaber in his hands, and everyone around him is like, oh, okay. Yeah. The tides have turned. Even on. though we yeah. have
2: no, and we can talk about this more later as well, but even though we, we still have little to no background on the Knights of Ren, we are, we at least know that, Kylo Ren has significant history with them, right, yeah. so it's it's if you allow yourself to. Think, we at least know that J.J. Abrams cares about. Them. Yeah, he <laughs> wanted that to be the case. But the thing is, I think that scene has even more weight to it if you allow yourself to remember that these aren't just, like, goons in black. Yeah.
3: They're, well, like, you
2: have to, you have to... They're, like, you have to do force work yourself to, do to The, work. Yeah. <laughs> the but viewer has to do yeah, the work Yeah, which there. I think is a real shame, but I think that if you yeah. allow yourself to think about that, it's pretty yeah. sweet. Like, he's yeah. fighting his own guys, Yeah, which I think is pretty cool. No, that is cool.
0: That's great. So there is good stuff. There's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, it's it's totally worth the watch. I mean, don't don't get us wrong. Um, I want to say that before we dive into the yeah. next section.
2: I got tickets for December 26 again. So
0: yeah, I'm definitely going <laughs> again. I don't know why I'm not there right now. So, um, because I'm doing this, but otherwise, you know. Yeah. Um. All right. So we're gonna take a quick break. Gentlemen, we have got to face this. We've just reveled in some really good stuff, admittedly good, solid stuff. Yeah. Um, but we need to, Reality is our friend here, and this podcast, and this organization here at Forefront Headquarters, and we
1: need to face the facts. Separate the wheat from the chaff.
0: That's right. And there's some serious wheat mixed with this chaff right now, and we need to, we need to do some, well, some hard work. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about the chaff now. Yeah. We're talking about the, yeah, chaff. the chaff. That's right. This it's is chaff. chaff. Um, and we're, we're gonna remove this so let's uh, let's just jump in here um, critique I think I'll kick us off here I think the biggest critique I have of this movie it, what is making actually this review so difficult for me is that it feels like two movies in one alright I'm not the first one to say that I think that's a the big consensus um, so much happens and so much cool stuff happens that you none of it Matters as much as it could because there's just so much that happens it feels like J.J. Abrams said okay Ryan Johnson you went in a totally different direction you didn't run with the baton I handed to you so I'm going to make my own little mini movie my own little episode 8 I'm going to squeeze it in here and then I'm going to conclude the story so it's just so bloated Um, and, and a lot of it's good but it's so bloated so talk about the pace real quick Did you guys? I mean, I was aware of that, like, as it was happening. I'm like, holy crap. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Oh, oh, Luke's back. Okay. Whoa. Chewbacca's
1: dead. Oh, wait. He's not. Okay. There's, like, a moment in the beginning of the teaser for this movie, which mm -hmm. is, of course, in the film, where Mm -hmm. Rey is in the desert and and waiting for Kylo to to come in on his TIE fighter. And Mm -hmm. she's just there, just breathing. And that's exactly what this film doesn't do, right? (laughs) It has no time to breathe. No, (laughs) it's not even that
3: funny.
0: Like, there's almost no time for jokes, which I've come to kind of expect the last couple of movies.
2: There's no time for any of that. Well, talk about, I mean, we got different, you made the mention that it feels like two movies or possibly three, as some people have put forward we get very different tones in the beginning of the movie and yeah. in the middle and in the end oh, and i absolutely. think that in the beginning we get these qu- these like jokes and like quippy moments and stuff like that but like, yeah. yeah. It's by like, like a
1: buddy like comedy yeah. adventure but then by like 50% of the way <laughs> oh through the God. movie
2: we're like oh my gosh we got to get all these plot points in yeah. as quickly as possible and like no time for us as the audience to digest the major points and, of the movie and, and, yeah. and because it's so plot heavy there's so much that happens so much of the dialogue
0: has to be exposition. Yeah. And there's so much, like, Maz Kanata says, oh, Leia just walked away. She's about to use all the energy she has left (laughs) to to save her son and reach out to Ben. And it's going to kill her because it's all the energy she has. Like, there's literally a line like that when if you would have spent, like, three extra minutes you could have communicated that visually or more subtly and it's
2: just like so much exposition I I think Poe had a number of those lines he was saddled with a number of those lines where he had to very awkwardly like announce to the assembled rebels yeah, yeah. what was happening, yeah. and, like, and specifically <laughs> Palpatine's sp- back. Yeah, specifically in the scene where he's like, he, yeah, where he's like b- talking about how Palpatine oh. is back and all. He's got this immense fleet in the unknown regions, whatever. And and this I had a huge problem with. Everybody's like. That makes sense. That stacks up. Like, like, literally, like, literally the only person, the only person who has any problem with that. Yeah, the only person who has any problem with that is Rose. For like a split second, she goes, are we gonna believe that? Do we believe that? Thank you, yeah. 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 No, but then after that, no one questions it. Right. Yeah, and if you think about the fact that in the timeline, Palpatine was, you know, supposedly dead or whatever. Is he dead? I'm not sure. But Palpatine was, you know, tossed down that reactor shaft sure. long before many of these characters were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. So, 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 like, they don't even know. Well, The, the legends
0: know, live on. Like people had heard he's about a history characters. People at this heard point. about Solo. People heard about, yeah, yeah, you know. So the legends live on. But,
2: uh, like. It just felt a little cheap to me where they were like, he was like, alright, Palpatine's back, and everyone was like,
1: you're right, let's do it. So there's a lot of exposition there. And there were several times throughout the movie where someone says the line, if we don't do this, everything that came before has been for nothing. (laughs) Like like multiple times in the movie that is said. And it's like the film really wants you to know this, right? <laughs> that, like, what's happening now, it's freaking important, and you mm-hmm. better pay attention, and yeah. you better be invested. And instead of doing the work for you to be invested in your heart and what's just, going they tell on, you to. it tells you, you better be invested or else all these previous eight movies mean oh my nothing gosh. unless we so succeed. Bad.
0: Okay, so when we have Finn and Poe, they're just, whoa, they're both the generals now of the remaining mm-hmm. resistance. Okay. okay, fine. They're both the generals. And they're about <laughs> they're like to go... General co-generals. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> what? like, on paper, it's pretty cool, right? Okay, they're both the generals. They're co-generals. They're about to go, like, face... This is the final battle, right? This is We're going to try to stop the final order. And we're going to throw up another distress signal and hope some people show up. Yeah. And so, on paper, that's really cool. But how it's delivered, and, like, you could tell the... The actors are just like kind of doing their best with the script but like that kind of like they're they're calling out to their comrades they're like we need to bring the fight to them i'm like ah it just fell flat for me and i was like dang
2: this could be such a cool moment it needs to be and it wasn't well another thing that felt like and i i don't want to dive too deep into this yet but i will get there one of my big criticisms is there are so many things that we just have to, like, accept are true, even though they're, like, logically make no sense. Yeah. And so, like, the fact that, like, we get all this information about, like, literally the entire first half of the movie is yeah. standing on the fact that Exegol is impossible to find unless you have a Sith Wayfinder. Brought to you by Garmin. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have literally the entire Rebel fleet. Finding it at the same time with no problem, even with all those magnetic storms and all that stuff, and it's not even on the charts of the maps. Well, so, and like, nobody has a problem with going to the unknown regions <laughs> and fighting this immense fleet. So, like, it's just
0: crazy. So, the logic of that was so, Ray finds it, right, and is sending a distress signal to them, right? So, that's how they find it when
2: well, she puts on her like tracker so they can right. follow her X Wing to get there, right? Theoretically, right, yeah. but then. But then we got cruisers following her little X-wing line. Well, all the, the people, the yeah, so, yeah, yeah. all the people, you
0: know, the yeah. Dunkirk folks the, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the sympathizers just from around the galaxy just find it too. So, yeah, yeah that okay, I see that. That's fair. At but the that's my turn. That, right. That's <laughs>
2: That's minor, though, like, honestly, like, I'm, not being, yeah, I'm making that joke, but, like, of all the criticisms I have, like, that I can buy. Like, Star Wars has made yeah, mistakes yeah, like made that, that in the past, yeah, but there are, are bigger
1: issues in that, no, for sure. No, yeah. it's true. It's but, true. But on the pacing, I mean, as somebody who makes videos on a, on a regular basis, I do that for my work, this feels like a movie where someone was like, okay, our cut of the film is running long. What if, hear me out, we just chopped every shot by, like, a half second? would the movie still work? And J.J.'s like, yeah, that should work. And they just, like, chopped everything shorter. Like, yeah. that's what this film feels like. And you feel it, like you were saying at the beginning of the movie, where it just, one thing, like, moves to another, yeah. and you're like, I, I need to digest what's yeah. happened. Yeah. Otherwise, it,
0: I can't I enjoy it. Ha- I can't
1: take it in. I need well, to understand what's going on. And, and you realize, like what the work of a good director and editor do in that collaboration of like, here's what we filmed, here's how the scene's supposed to go, and the editor like piecing that scene together in a way where everything lands. And you go back and you think about The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi and all those moments that they had to breathe and for you to take in what was going on, and that this film just chops everything down so it can fit it all in, rather than saying, well, what if we just took out this plot element? Yeah, so that we could give everything else room to breathe. It, it says no, we need everything.
2: Yeah, and we and, and
1: you don't. Yeah. and it's like well, and you
2: and you don't. Yeah.
1: Do you guys mind if I bring up like
2: in connection to that? Can I bring up another uh, major criticism I had that's in direct connection to that? Yeah. Sure. So the pacing is clearly an issue, and I think that the root of the issue of the of the pacing issue is one of my major criticisms, which we just kind of touched upon, which is that there are so many side plots and new mm. characters that I think were completely unnecessary to this story mm-hmm. and I think that there were multiple <clears throat> scenes in this movie that should have been very weighty scenes yeah. not only to this film but mm-hmm. to they could have been very weighty scenes for the saga at large yep. Yeah, I mean the most obvious one I'll take two separate ones the, the most obvious ones the fact that the emperor is alive again or whatever yeah. the emperor is back we get no time to process that at all. In yeah. fact, they pretty much tell us it in the opening crawl. It's in the opening no, crawl. Yeah. It's the
0: first line. Right. Yeah. I, first mean, I mean, I mean, but,
2: but again, so talking about the editing, the weird editing move. Whereas in the opening crawl, they they insinuate that we don't know if it's Palpatine. We hear a voice that may be Palpatine's in the opening crawl, mm-hmm. and then literally in the opening scene, they're like, "Nope, it is the Emperor. He's <laughs> right. back." Like I thought that was really strange. Like, why don't just come out and say that he's back? Yeah, like, but but anyway, but my point is so the emperor like that's that that means a lot. Like if you're a Star Wars fan, that means that the balance that was supposedly brought by Anakin Skywalker yeah. did not happen. Oh my! Is gosh. Anakin Skywalker really the chosen one? Oh my god! Like like these are the questions that I'm having, right? And we get no time with that. And then when we get Ben Skywalker, I'm sorry, Ben Solo redeemed. Almost no time to that. We don't see him again from the moment of his redemption until he's literally charging into the climax of the movie. Yeah. I, I felt robbed of like with that. And so frankly, like if I was I'm not like angry, I'm just saying that like if I sat down with the team of Rise of Skywalker, I think the number one thing I would say is why did you give us time meeting new characters who theoretically we're never going to see again because the Skywalker saga is over. Right. And the characters that we've been working with for at least two films, if not nine, um, yeah. we don't really get time with them. And I, yeah. I thought that was very... Like, frankly, I just thought it was a very strange choice. Mm. Yeah. Real quick, real quick. Why isn't this movie three hours long? The fact that it was shorter than The Last Jedi okay. baffles me. Like,
0: like, Endgame... Look, like... Marvel, I knew that that movie's at least three hours long, right? It's not three and a half. That's only The Irishman
1: and whatever. Lord of the yeah. yeah, right. So yeah. this movie is two hours twenty two minutes.
0: Twenty two. So like, th- there is at least three hours of plot in this movie, and yeah. like, you Star Wars, take my money. You, I, you are important in my <laughs> yeah, life. Seriously. You are important in my seriously. life. I will make three hours for you. Like, why? There's precedent for it. Like, or, Endgame just I, did it really successfully,
2: and that's also helmed by yeah. Disney. And the other thing is like for the Harry Potter Deathly Hallows movie was split into two films yeah. because they felt like they couldn't do it justice in one movie. Th- that. This is the climax yeah. of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, give us some meat. Give us You know it's that, like, a... it's a 3-hour movie. Just make
0: it 3 hours. Yeah. And in yeah. a lot of this it's not a perfect movie, but a lot of this is fixed.
2: Well, especially when whoever and it's not all JJ's fault, but whoever is writing, the team who wrote the script for this movie. Yeah. When they decided, I'm sure the discussion came up at some point okay, we need to put a lot of back information into this so people understand what's going on. Once we're putting background information into the end of a trilogy, you got to make it long. You know, you've messed up, though. Like, all those people I don't care about. Like, I can't even think of the characters' names because I don't care about them, and I've only known them for, like, 35 seconds. We didn't even see Zuri Bliss's face. No,
0: just her eyes. And and
2: she wasn't even a Mandalorian. Come on. (laughs) I know! Ah, so... Okay, so we've got... We've Wait, why couldn't Zori Bliss have been the Mandalorian? <laughs> why not? Come on. We've talked about pacing.
0: Um, I think that's going to be a, a theme throughout but this critique section. But we've talked about pacing.
2: We've talked about introducing new characters when there's plenty of characters to work with already that yeah. we want to Do you mind if I with. speak to that for one yeah, second? Yeah, So one, one major criticism I had, and anybody who's listening who's like a uh, fan outside of just the films, like you'll definitely hear what I'm saying here. I think that we have numerous characters in the films and certainly outside of the films that are already clearly in place to fill roles in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I can go, like, for the sake of time, I won't go into specific, specific detail, but, like, one clear one is like we have like the character of Rose yeah. already, yeah. And we got these new characters filling roles that Rose clearly could have filled, yeah. We got uh, you
1: know things like that, like but then is like the new Rose, and yeah, right, for,
2: for kind of
1: no yeah. reason. And well, like,
0: oh, she's she's an African, she used to be you know, a she's trooper. African descent, so uh, that's the character we're talking about, right? African yeah. American actress, so. Oh, that goes better with Finn. Like, what is? What are we
2: supposed yeah, to? Yeah, that think was very really strange. And then, then we get this moment down. where, like, maybe she's Lando's daughter. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like no, what's that? And he's like, and he's like, we'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I, whatever. Like, what's like, that? Like, is Lando hitting, hitting on her, yeah, or is yeah, yeah, he yeah, trying yeah. to like, like, say,
1: "I am your father"? Yeah. Yeah. Like, very strange. Well, he's saying, "Watch the forthcoming Disney Plus series." <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. Oh gosh. <laughs> no. No. And the thing is,
2: I did hear, um actually, not from like a professional reviewer, but like a friend of mine that I was talking to about this problem said. Well, don't you realize why they added so many characters? And I was like, "What do you mean?" And they said, "This is so now they have material to make spin-off no, shows." No. And I was like, "If so, that is really sad because this is like I mean, I consider Star Wars like a work of art. It's made it's had its problems in the past, but like if we're using the conclusion of the Skywalker saga to create money making trails like that's yeah. really prob like annoying to me
1: yeah and i wouldn't entirely believe that i mean there are a lot of people where every time a disney movie comes out they're like oh this character was created to sell toys and I, I actually think that's doing a disservice to the directors to say that, because I, I think that they are not creating characters to sell toys. Mm-hmm. I think that they are creating characters because they want to create them, and it's part of their creative process. What about that cute little droid, though? And like, what point, you know, like... No, I honestly think probably J.J. Abrams likes making interesting new characters and putting them in the movie. Okay. I mean, I, I don't think that he's like, oh, now I'm part of the Disney machine. J.J. Mm-hmm. makes movies for all kinds of studios. like mm-hmm. and And I think that, like, he literally co-wrote this script with Chris Terrio and, like, he was, like, the guy behind it. There wasn't mm-hmm. some Disney executive telling him, well, we need five more characters. So, I, I don't want to say they were there to sell toys, but your point is taken that... They shouldn't have been there. That <laughs> yeah. there were a lot of new characters and not enough time was spent on the ones that this film needed to be right. about. Yeah, well, like,
0: just- I, I don't even care. I honestly didn't like Rose much in Last Jedi. But now, how am I supposed to watch Last Jedi in
2: like, and
0: care about, about Rose at, at, all. at all. Yeah, exactly.
1: When you know the conclusion. Yeah, like, how yeah.
2: am I supposed to, like... Also similar with DJ. Like, we get this character who's like a code breaker in episode 8. Oh, yeah. never comes back in any way. He was probably my
1: least favorite character, <sighs> yeah, so yeah. I don't really need that I, but... I know <laughs> Nick didn't like him, yeah, yeah. I
0: kind of liked him. He served a purpose, which is saying, like, hey, not all the good guys are as good as you think they are. You know, he yeah. served yeah. a purpose there, but... Um, I would have been okay with him, like, yeah. substituting. Not bringing him in, in addition to everyone else, but, sure. like, using him. as Maybe they're in that battle. Why, why couldn't he have helped, like, get, retrieve the Sith language from C-3PO's brain? Sure. I don't know, like, just, yeah. just use what you've got so much to work with, yeah. and you have enough, like... Yeah loose ends you need to tie up. What, what are you doing, like, bringing in new people?
2: Well, one thing, and here's here's a... and I'll, I'll stop talking about yeah. this in a second, but just super quick for those of you listening who you know what I'm talking about. So, deep lore issues here. We got... No. So, we got... So, we have two characters that we've been given in like, the canon that literally are set up to exist in this movie. And for some reason I was super confused why they didn't. Like, we have in, like, Star Wars... Video games, novels, and TV shows, we have this character of Grand Admiral Thrawn that That everybody loves. And Grand Admiral Thrawn, the last time we see him, he is sucked into the Unknown Regions. And it is given to us that Thrawn will return, but he's in the Unknown Regions. So as soon as I found out that the Emperor has been amassing a fleet in the Unknown Regions, I was so excited and ready for Grand Admiral Thrawn to be working with the Emperor in
1: the Unknown Regions building a fleet. And they Thrawn's didn't give us canon, that, though, and I'm right? like, he not is, canon. yeah, he's he in canon, canon games, books, and TV uh, shows. So I'm like, bummer. okay, weird. So instead of him, we got
2: like General Pride. General Pride, who, 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 essentially, General Pride is a very similar character. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, why didn't you just give us Thrawn like a stand-in? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then another one is we get, and if you guys want to talk about this, I'd love to hear it. So we get, we get Hux being a spy, mm-hmm. right? And in other Star Wars media, i.e. Clone Wars and Rebels TV shows, we have characters that are um, Imperial or Separatist spies. So, like, and so we have, this is something that has already happened in Star Wars. So, like, to me, as someone who has seen this in other Star Wars media, I felt, I was like, okay, this is cool. We're bringing this plot in. But every time we've seen this before, the spy character becomes a beloved rebel after they switch. And I thought it was very strange that Hux is like, I'm the spy and I was like, okay sweet we're gonna have a really cool arc to the character of Hux. Yeah, like Hux is and gonna then just gets shot
1: <laughs> it's yeah, all crazy
2: like I just thought that was so basically in conclusion <laughs> in conclusion I, I I'm actually like curious and like here's a question if you Star Wars JJ uh, Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy and any of you guys listen to Forefront 360 we know
0: that you are yeah yeah
2: so my my question is why would why would you not use? Yeah. Characters that we already have that people already love and wanna see in on the big screen. Why would we not use them?
0: Especially if your whole purpose of this entire broadcast is, is to serve the fans. Is, <laughs>
2: is to serve the fans and conclude the saga. Okay. It just is very really strange to me.
0: Okay, so I think there's more there. So that's really a big conversation about pace and about new characters and it just just some problems there. Let's um I, I wanna ask you guys quickly, we don't have to spend much time on this, but uh, this whole theme of, like, forget the whole Broom Boy at the end of <laughs> oh, The Last Jedi. Th- this Aww. notion that, hey, anyone can be Force-sensitive, and it doesn't matter. You know, the Star Wars universe is bigger than just this one bloodline. Yeah. Um, this is a really cool direction we see the franchise go, and um, some were critical. Uh, but But it was really a turn toward, like, hey... The Star Wars franchise is bigger than you think, and yeah. I'm going to take a step in that direction. And then we have Abrams' new entry say, forget the broom boy, the bloodline is everything. Right? So let's talk about... Let We, we need to address this, right? But, but, wait, the, but wait,
2: the bloodline. It wasn't even the bloodline. It was just a bloodline. And I thought that was really strange.
1: But I mean, yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, yes and no.
2: So, so I mean, my... and uh, Not to, you know, monopolize here, but my, my problem... So, I was super... And we can talk about this after. I'm sure we will. I was stoked that the Emperor was back. I think that's cool. I like that Palpatine was in this movie. The fact that Rey was a Palpatine was very confusing and cheap to me. Like, I, I really... Strange. Like, I think that if Rey... So, I was in the camp at the end of The Last Jedi where I was very disappointed that Rey was not Somebody. purportedly specifically a Skywalker or a Solo. Okay. And I I wanted her to either be Han's illegitimate daughter or Luke's daughter from something that he had hidden or whatever, right? And that makes sense. The movie is called The Rise of Skywalker. It's the end of the Skywalker saga. And instead of making her a Skywalker, which I feel like would have been very conclusive to the story, it would have tied all the films together, instead we have to make her... You know, we decide we have to make her somebody, and we're like, okay, we can't give the fans what exactly what they've been predicting for years, so who else can we make her the child of? Oh, how about the Emperor? See, I... It just felt very cheap see, to me. See, I
0: think, and I'm with Nate on this, I think I'm going to say what you're thinking, Nate, um, and maybe I should let you say
1: it, but... It's hard to see the future. But, is. <laughs> it is, but... <laughs>
0: The Last Jedi, like, I kind of wanted, you know, Rey to be someone, too. I wanted her to be a Kenobi, you know? I just, I loved Obi-Wan always, and so I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. They got the British accent, like, yes, mm-hmm. it makes sense. It adds up. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then you find out, The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson says, no, think. Think deeper. I'm going to challenge you guys. What if it's nobody? Her parents are nobody. Yeah. And this ties in with the broom boy theory of, like, the Force can come to anyone and it does that it has kind of this mind of its own and i i really felt like the movie was telling us no really we answered the question it's nobody like let's move on and let's let's see what happens from here because there's enough character tension from that point to carry on we don't need her to be part of this like elite bloodline and so i thought I was being told that very
2: clearly. I think you were,
0: and I think yeah, Ryan Johnson was yeah, yeah. telling us that he was telling. Yeah, you that. And, and so yeah. it just—it's hard to separate like the real life creators from the story because they yeah. just feel like two different canons. I, I think there
2: was a few moments yeah. that felt like it was like literally slapping yeah. Ryan Johnson in the face, yeah. and and I think that was like the clearest one where it was just yep. like, yeah. and and when Kylo Ren said. Oh, your parents were nobodies
1: because they had to be.
2: Like, it literally <laughs> felt like it was, uh, like, he was ad-libbing that. Yeah. You know, like, it it was very, I felt like it was very clumsily handled. It's so, it's so
1: clunky. Nate, go off yeah. on this. What's, yeah. what's your, I mean, you did not want this to happen. I, I did not. Um, I love The Last Jedi. I like a lot of things about it. Um, I think that that was a great idea that Ryan had of The Last Jedi that, that was the hardest thing for Rey to hear, that she really was. Like Kylo said, looking for a father figure in Han Solo and in Luke Skywalker, the hardest thing for her to hear was that that actually they, they weren't <laughs> they weren't her parents, that she actually didn't have anybody of significance in her past that could give her a place in the world, and that she actually had to forge a new path. Um, and I wanted to quote from an article here. It's by Lindsay Romaine at The Nerdist. Um, and she says... The belonging you seek is not behind you, it is ahead. Maz Kanata's words to Rey in The Force Awakens were a powerful emblem of the Star Wars sequel trilogy. A lonely scavenger girl from the desert planet Jakku, Rey grew up in isolation, without a family, rooted in a place she hated, hopeful they'd return. In her introduction sequence, we see the consequence of that loneliness, selling parts to scrape by, eating meals in the sand with a whimsical eye to the horizon, not unlike Luke Skywalker in A New Hope. Mm -hmm. But Rey always felt different, untethered from familial burden, a hero made from the inside, forced to survive, and surviving on the Force. But Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, the final film in the sequel trilogy... Completely obliterates Rey's arc in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, an arc that up until this point was about forging her own identity. In the mirror cave on ahch as Rey wonders about her lineage, the Force shows her only herself. Uh, her parents were nobodies, and you have no place in this world, Kylo Ren tells her, and that's the whole point. Except, it isn't. The Rise of Skywalker walks back Rey's entire journey by making her a legacy character after all. She's the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine, back from the grave. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Rey's parents were nobodies from a certain point of view. (laughs) Because they chose to be. The movie also tells us that Rey has long suspected this and that Luke and Leia knew it as well. Which
2: does not stack. Does not compute. Makes no
1: sense. Does not compute given the previous films and and she quotes J.J. Uh, J. Abrams here who said uh, back at the time of The Force Awakens he said I really feel like the assumption that any character needs to have inherited a certain number of midi chlorians or needs to be part of a bloodline it's not that I don't believe that as part of the canon I'm just saying that as 11 years old that wasn't where my heart was and so I respect and adhere to the canon but I also say that the Force has always seemed to be more inclusive and stronger than that Psych. So that's that's J.J. <laughs> Abrams talking, right? That he's, he's, he's saying, like, I don't know if it's just about, like, midichlorians and bloodline. It's like mm-hmm. the Force could be more inclusive than that. Right. To me, I feel like it's what The Last Jedi was doing was it's like, um, like with Remy and Ratatouille, the, the Pixar film. It's like when you say anyone can cook, it's not that everybody can cook, like yeah. everybody can be a great cook, but it's a great cook could come from anywhere. Yeah. Right. And that's the message of Ratatouille. I feel like that's the message of the Last Jedi. It and is. I thought it was going to be the message of the sequel trilogy that, like, a great Jedi or a great Force user could come from anywhere.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was bold and crazy and unexpected. And then it's like, okay,
3: mm, okay. No.
0: May I jump in here? Because true. And I liked the direction Johnson was going. The Last Jedi. I like it. I think it's smart and subverts expectations in a really, like, challenging and fruitful way. But now, we have to look at that movie in the context of a trilogy. Like it or not, Rise of Skywalker is canon, and now The Last Jedi is just not as good to me. The black sheep of the (laughs) lot. It just, like, it just is, because... That's that's what Abrams did, and he's kind of you know had I don't know he had the lion's share of telling the story, and now it forces us to look at episode eight differently. Interesting
2: that you say that because my opinion of episode eight has changed significantly from viewing episode nine, and I like it a lot more. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes, because episode eight, I was very critical of episode eight because I desperately wanted certain things to be true and Ryan and then Johnson, when they well, Ryan Johnson aggression. made those things not true. Right. Yeah. But then now seeing episode 9 I see what Ryan Johnson was trying to do. Yeah. yeah. And I think that what I think that the well the other thing that I have to say is like we t- we talk about how in episode 9 JJ Abrams kind of like people say there was a lot of fan service in the movie and that's definitely yeah. true. But I think that it, it, it's almost strange because I feel like in episode nine, JJ J- J gave us predictable arcs and predictable endings for the characters. Yeah. But in my opinion, almost none of them were the endings that I wanted. Mm. So, like, they were predictable, but they were not what I was looking for. Mm. So, these are not the endings you're looking for. But, so, I got... So, like, long story short, now when I look at episode eight, I almost feel it has, like, a new life for me, and I'm like, oh, yeah. look what could have been. Yeah, but... Like, if, you know, if this arc had continued un- unblocked.
0: Okay, but that's yeah. the... That's the... Like, outside the box. If we have just put ourselves in the story and just watch it as viewers and forget who directed who, like, who directed which movie, just look at them as movies in part of the story, The Last Jedi doesn't make a lot of sense now. And a, and a lot of the weight of it has fallen off. And that's not Ryan Johnson's fault, but it's the truth. And...
2: Well, I mean, I, I don't think that's necessarily true because... A lot of the well, first of all, I but think the whole scene—the
0: whole scene where like Kylo Ren's like you're no one, you're nothing, right? But he thought she was
2: that at that time,
0: right? But but so, we, so, so, so did that still we, makes sense. But, but we're meant to think that, so it's just a poorly constructed scene because like I don't know, I we're, disagree. No, I mean, in in itself, it's a greatly constructed scene. But in the context of the other two movies
2: sandwiched between, it's like nope, she's a Palpatine. Yeah, like, but how would that have how would that have changed that scene because. Kylo Ren didn't know that she was a Palpatine at that time, anyway. I know. So his, his like, so I. But, just so don't
0: like, ha- don't let them have that conversation
2: at all, then. You know, I, I think it adds to the roller coaster. I mean, uh, okay. I, I disagree, but I I don't know. My my thing with the, uh, I think Episode Eight still sits as a better film, even well, within much the context. Better, much better. Right? A, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah, and talking about like the when Nate earlier was mentioning like the, Episode Nine needs space to breathe. I think that like one thing that Ryan Johnson's film did brilliantly yeah. I think is there are so many scenes where I was like in the theater I was literally sitting breathless waiting to see what would happen mm-hmm. and there's like you know and like with we got John Williams score just going crazy on us in mel- multiple spots we get you know we get the um you know like in the scene the throne room battle yeah. the the I was absolutely convinced that Ben Solo had just struck down Snoke and turned to the light, yeah. and then when he doesn't, yeah. I was like, "It was amazing." No, it's an amazing. Yeah, movie. yeah. and, That's and what I think, and I think that we don't get that in Episode Nine. No, I totally agree. Right. I just, um,
0: I, I agree. It's better. Um, let me ask you this real quick. So, e- even in the Last Jedi, there is some cohesion here because uh, Luke is training ray he's finally agreed he's like okay i'll show you some stuff you know he you know brushes her hand with the with the leaves and it's funny which which
2: why why would he have done that if he knew that she was (laughs) palpatine like come on
0: right right so (laughs) so but there's this scene where he goes whoa you went straight to the dark yeah right and so there you know i guess if i'm saying now Johnson knew it was she was a Palpatine and he was making the movie accordingly I don't think that's true but if we were now that we have to view these movies in context of each other there is those seeds of like okay she's got some you can make it work like if you know the pulse
1: of the the dark is definitely there in in both The Force Awakens to an extent and definitely in The Last yeah it's definitely there yeah so like why did she go to the dark so quickly why is she so powerful you know, yeah.
2: And well, I, here's the thing, too. The Force Awakens puts very clearly, and tell me if you think I'm wrong. I think the conclusion of The Force Awakens te- teaches us that what the Star Wars films are truly about is not the Skywalkers. It's about the will of the Force. Because, And the reason why I say that is because in the battle with Kylo Ren on Starkiller Base, yeah. she is losing... And then he says, you need a teacher, you must learn the ways of the Force. Yeah. She closes her she eyes, connects with the, with the Force, and then she beats Kylo Ren. As Snoke says, a girl who had never held a lightsaber.
3: Yeah.
2: Ray didn't beat Kylo Ren. The Force beat Kylo Ren through Rey in that battle. So I was so ready. Like, at the end of The Force Awakens, I was like, okay... This makes sense now. Like, the fact that we have sequels, it's because the Force is balancing itself through these people. And now that we get... Now that we're like... And even with Ryan Johnson's film, the Force, the will of the Force is moving. We got Broom Boy. Who knows? He might save the day. (laughs) You know what I mean? And now in this one, we're like, you know, it's not about the Force anymore. It's about whose kid you are.
0: Yeah, I don't know if... I think a lot of people left Force Awakens saying, wait, why is she so strong with the Force? Uh, There's no... Like she's had no training, and training we know from uh, the original trilogy and the prequels is crucial for Jedi. Even force sensitive people Mm -hmm. need like training, and so I think there were lots of questions. They they needed to answer those questions. So I don't I don't know that they had like had something strong going there. I think they needed to explain why she was so strong. And my hope was that this would just be like. The playing out of the prophecy: Anakin brings balance to the Force. Mm -hmm. Kylo Ren rises, darkness rises, and the light to meet it. Now, so so you do have this Force being like this autonomous Force, Mm -hmm. but there's there's an explanation for it. The prophecy is like bringing balance to the Force. Bringing balance to something doesn't mean the Jedi reign only. It Mm -hmm. means that the Sith have been checked. And so, good and evil exist, and so, why didn't they go with that?
2: Well, remember, the balance, like, people have always said, like, oh, Vader did balance it, because at the end, there were, you know, (laughs) two Jedi and two Sith, you know, whatever. But, like, what they talk about, like, if you really look, you know, again, deep lore, but if you really look, like, what the balance is, like, the dark side is an aversion of the Force. Like, Mm -hmm. the dark side is using the Force for evil. So, like... Balance doesn't mean equal amounts of good and bad. It means the force is in its natural state. Mm. Whereas, like dark side users, the Sith bend the force to their will. So, like the the fact, so misusing it, right? So, like when pretend Palpatine did die in that reactor shaft, Darth Vader (laughs) slash Anakin Skywalker did bring balance to the force by destroying the dark.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. and so now we have to look at that whole those first well, six movies as well, actually, if you, if you don't mind
2: if you don't mind me saying, this is my my number one, you know, crowning criticism of the film is this. This film was billed as the conclusion to the Skywalker saga. Yeah. But effectively what this film does is make these nine movies the Palpatine saga. And it literally erases everything that Anakin Skywalker did. Does it? in my opinion because Anakin's Sky- w- what this movie tells us is that Anakin Skywalker did not win in the end of episode he 6 he didn't fulfill the prophecy he didn't fulfill the prophecy or he filled it for a short time right and and if Anakin's yeah. and if Anakin Skywalker the prophecy misread could have could been, have been yeah apparently no worse. but if Anakin Skywalker did not do what we were originally told he did in episode 6 the prequels are completely irrelevant to me now like, like very sad. Yeah, like, if all these movies existed at one time and we didn't get them over time, like, say, like, all these movies came into being at once, by the time you finish that's the series... Yeah, by the time you finish the series, you'd be like, why did we spend so much time on that guy, Anakin? Like, he was, like, irrelevant to the story in the long run. You know, and I think that's kind of sad. So, So I
0: want... I don't want that to be true. I think you're right, and I just don't want that to be true. I think if we... I think, you know, the prophecy Mm -hmm. misread, not totally misread, but a little blurred. Like, no, Anakin, you played a crucial role, but it didn't end with you. Your seed, Ben Solo, there will be this dyad thing. Like, there's this, and and there's
2: also... Now, if Ben Solo, and this is why I was so disappointed. This is why I was sitting there with my jaw open at the end of the movie. If Ben Solo had defeated Palpatine, it would have been the Skywalker Saga. Because yeah. you get a Skywalker defeating But, 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 but wait, Rey is a Skywalker. He was thrown down that hole. Ray's the, a Skywalker from a certain point of view. She takes the name. That's the point of the movie. She okay, takes guys, the anybody's name. anybody's a Skywalker. Lando's a Skywalker. <laughs> no, come on. Yeah, Stop yeah. yeah no.
0: no, I like the part of her taking the name. That's that's a cool. That's cool. She takes the name of the Skywalker. Like, that made sense to me. This idea that, like, you choose where you come from.
3: Yeah, right? and
1: that fits very much with that theme of like the democratization of the Force. Like, right. No matter where you come from, it's almost like Skywalker turns from a family name into it's the name of anybody who wants to use the Force rightly. And right. it's like, that's actually kind of an interesting idea. It was just incongruous with the movie itself yeah. to the point where when it happened, I was like, all right. It's like, also
2: exceedingly postmodern, and it's based on the idea that you can be whatever you want to be. And that really sort of. frustrates me. Well, I, I don't.
0: I don't like to view it that way. I can see where you see that. I just like to view it like there's this there's this moment in Harry Potter, and I'm so rusty with Harry Potter. But there's this moment where Dumbledore says to Harry, like, "Hey Harry, you know, like you can speak Parseltongue. You've got this link to Voldemort. Like mm-hmm. you you could you you know you." could have been in Slytherin, you could be a bad person, but yeah. mm-hmm. it's not our abilities that define us, but our choices. That's good yeah. And so I, l- I like that thing. Yeah. I'm okay
1: with that. Like it doesn't have to be postmodern.
2: I like you brought up Harry Potter, as, or I like that you connected that as well, because I feel like there were, there are a number of things that are very Harry Potter-esque that we, that I was almost expecting in this movie. Like the fact that like, okay, now that we have Rey as a Palpatine, her supposed force power comes from her Palpatine bloodline, she uses the Force Lightning, you know, which other than Dooku, we've only seen Palpatine use. Like, oh, weird, okay. So I even thought in the theater, in the few moments that I had to breathe and, be, and think, you know, before another scene was coming at me, was, I wonder if this is going to go the Harry Potter route, and in order for Palpatine to be defeated, Rey would need to sacrifice herself. Mm-hmm. And the, even that was something that, like, I don't know. I, I'm just saying that there were a lot of things that were running through my head in the movie. Like, oh, I wonder if this is going to happen.
3: Yeah. And I, fe- quite and I feel like what actually happened... It's not going the way you think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and
2: I feel like what we got was predictable in a sense, but it was not what I wanted. Like, I felt like there were more exciting
1: ideas I was having in the chair than what we actually got. Mm-hmm. I think maybe a way of tying some of these thoughts together is... I don't know if this this trilogy really ended up being what we thought it would be or yeah. what we wanted it to be or ended up kind of justifying its existence in the way that we thought it could. Yeah. And I think even looking at that ending sequence, like you talked about where she kind of takes the name of Skywalker, it's like in one way it's exciting and you're like, this is cool that she's kind of like carrying on the legacy of the Skywalkers even though she wasn't descended from that bloodline. That's kind of interesting And yet there's something kind of sad about it where it's like she's going back to this place where Luke was like taken to protect him. Like, he was given to Owen and Beru Lars mm-hmm. with his homestead on Tatooine. It wasn't, like, Leia's childhood home no. or something. No. It was just where Luke was put to protect him. It's this lonely because desert his planet. his mother just died. Yeah, like this yeah. lonely place on this lonely desert planet. Yeah. Does this remind you of anything? Reminds you of Rey on Jakku when she first yeah. starts out. She is lonely. She's there, supposedly, so she can be protected from Palpatine, mm-hmm. she's, in, she's in this lonely place, she's lonely, she has no one, when this film ends, the end of the saga, she's alone again, yep. with her droid, in this lonely place, and it's like, how sad is that, like, yeah. the people that she identifies most, the people where she's like, I'm a Skywalker now, they're dead, yeah. like, yes, they're force ghosts and they can talk to her, that's cool, but like it's so sad yeah. where it's like I thought that this could be it was be, a very bleak ending I it thought. was very bleak I thought that this could be a saga about about rebuilding right mm-hmm. we had the rise of the empire and then the Skywalker and it's like how the Skywalkers could take down the empire and evil and it's like what's gonna happen now right and, evil's and been and defeated what bigger, can we
2: do now I wanted a bigger victory than we got in episode 6
1: right and it ended up being kind of a repeat in an odd way and I'm like, this was the movie that could tell us what happens next. Well, the, the right? problem, like, yeah. after Return of the Jedi, yeah. we're like, okay, I get that the good guys won, but maybe this new sequel trilogy, maybe it could tell us what happens next. How do you rebuild after the oh, okay. Empire? but have you guys noticed that we're and left this doesn't in tell literally us. the same spot as episode yeah. 6?
0: it's very similar. And here's my problem. With the, and, and this is the trilogy, the idea of a new trilogy they had made some prequels that people did not like, period, right? Very critical. And so J.J. J. Abrams, The Force Awakens, they're like, we are. Go- when I found out that Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill were going to be in this new Star Wars movie, I lost my mind out of excitement and joy. Yeah. And really what they should have done was let the past die. Yeah. And they should have made a new trilogy that was not bound by this Skywalker saga. They should have made a new trilogy that took place... Much later or something. Because yeah. continuing this Skywalker saga, they were kind of doomed from the start. The was, story was finished. There was no right well, way to do that. Um, there there were better ways to do this, do it than yeah. happened, but
2: there was no perfect way to do that. Because, that. I mean... Well, I just feel like there are ways. Like, I, I don't want to say... <laughs> like, this makes me sound like I feel... But wouldn't you when have I'm preferred a, a totally new trilogy, though? I mean, maybe, but I feel like that... Uh, possibly. But but I'm just saying that like I I can and I don't want to bore you guys with my ideas. But like when I was imagining what was going to happen in this movie, like when we were told this was going to be such a beautiful conclusion to the series, there were things that popped into my head that th- there were multiple ways that we could have made this movie a conclusion to all nine films. Yeah. And we just didn't yeah, and and I just am very confused by that. But,
0: Rich, that's why I told you not to watch
2: those videos, my man. No, I was I, not told it was. A, yeah, yeah.
0: I was not told I would weep tears of joy and like I yeah. just you know and I feel so I sorry.
2: And I think too, like it was very cool. I don't know. I I'll say it one last time, and I won't mention it again. I and if you listen to the last Jedi episode, you know I'm a prequel guy, so this could be where this is coming from. But I just feel like. I, I really feel like the Skywalker Saga is supposed to center around Anakin. Yeah. And we And we were set up with that. Yep. We got Kylo Ren. He's got Vader's yes. mask and his ashes in his yeah. bedroom. Yeah. We got all that. And literally in this one, not only are, do we get pretty much no Anakin, like I know he talked for a second, but like among other people, you know what I mean? Pretty True. much, not only do we get no Anakin, but we also get when... Ray and Kylo break that Vader statue in his quarters or whatever like it, it's like over there's just no like and yeah. and, and I just felt very um, it, and I was making this joke off air earlier and I think this is true like I almost want to say like when the editors or whoever they gave the script to, to like say like what do you guys think what, what were they doing like did they look at the series as a whole <laughs> is the question that I have like I'm just like and and if they were... And, I, you know, I'm sure they did. And that's just why I end up a little bit yeah. confused.
0: No. And Anakin as a Christ figure um, and being the Chosen One and bringing balance of the Force is single hand like, my favorite thing about these movies. And his son kind of bringing him back. There's conflict within. It's so spiritual and so beautiful. And, frankly, like, explicitly Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, like, I love that about the stories. And this idea, this this criticism you bring up rich that this new trilogy nullifies anakin as the chosen one is heartbreaking there's we could spend more time critique we do need to we do need to ask some questions i feel like i have questions that aren't necessarily critiques but like Got a flesh yeah, that out um so anything else on critiques i think renaming this movie we would call it episode nine the rise of the Retcon. <laughs> um, nobody dies. Like, Chewbacca's scene, like, uh, first of all, I'm like, wait, did they just cho- kill Chewbacca like that? Because it you know, wasn't like, glorious and oh, I was mad. He must
2: have been on another. Day I, day
0: I, I was, I was mad, was mad that Chewbacca died like that. And then I was even more mad that he was actually alive. Because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, are we going to have no stakes in yeah. this? Like, are we going to have no stakes yeah, in this no movie? Stakes, like, yeah. nobody's going to die. Please, kill some people. It's Rogue last... One, it's yeah. like, wh- how is Rogue One... So much more emotionally intense yeah. than like the final battle of all the most important characters. Well, we yeah. lost,
2: we lost Ben Solo, we lost
1: Leia. We did, and that was good. Yeah. But like, it's like it's the last film, right? Mm-hmm. There's, you don't have to keep I, these characters alive. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> Chewbacca, man. Let Chewbacca
0: go down. Like, Chewbacca, like,
1: man. Like, 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 <laughs> like, let the
2: past die.
0: Let Chewbacca die out, and, like you know, like for glory, like having yeah. tearing apart. You know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Ooh. What would have been Admiral Thrawn. Something yeah. cool, I don't know. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, that, um, Nobody Dies, Rise of the Retcon, Forget, Broom Boy, Pace is Terrible. <laughs> We've got... <laughs> we need to spend another hour critiquing the movie, but we just can't.
1: We can't. Um, what are the questions? So much. Okay. Uh, what didn't you understand? This movie is what? so... Everything's so understandable <laughs> It is it, too understandable. Everything's laid out for you on a silver platter. Okay. okay. What could no you not understand at the end? Like, I, no okay.
0: So, yeah. it's pretty obvious, but... I'll ask you guys to double check. What was Finn going to say to Ray? Nothing ever comes of that. They're drowning in this sand pit. And Finn's like, hey, I got to tell you something. And then it comes up multiple times in... She's gonna say I love you.
2: Yeah, so for a long time, it like appears that he was gonna say that he loved her, right? But then by the end of the movie, it doesn't seem like so that. It doesn't at all. seem like it. So like yeah. if
0: if anything It's like, oh, Finn has two other prospects. So <laughs> yeah. you know, at who, least he's gonna find friend, someone. Who
2: frankly care about him a lot more than Ray does. Right. Ray left him. Ray's making him. out with Kylo yep.
3: Ben she, Solo. She, she
2: left him, <laughs> on <laughs> him on the ruins of the desktop. Making out like...
0: She Force on. pushed him. She's like, no, go be with her. Literally pushes him away. Classic Finn
2: scream. That Ray!
1: <laughs> Can we get that five more times in the next movie, please? Well, I think um, I was listening to Peter Sereda at slash film, and he was saying he thought Finn was going to tell Ray that he was like feeling the Force, like oh, that he was starting to sense the Force. That's something. That's something. And I don't know if that was it or not. But why would but he keep it from? Why her in don't? First place?
2: Why would he also be afraid to tell Poe that? It, it's,
1: yeah, it's very. It's, strange. He wanted to say I love maybe you. that
0: was. He it, wanted fun. to say I love maybe it. It. Maybe I'd it like no that, love that to be the case. Yeah. Okay, was not off. Um, <laughs> real quick, yeah, we c- yeah. we can't get lost in the lore. And Rich, don't you dare cite the cite the deep magic to me. I was there when it was written. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so what's a dyad Is this canon? Or I get it. Like
2: I get it. Well, it's canon now. <laughs> <laughs> True, the new canon. It's all canon now. Um. So what's the diagram? I, I just I mean, think that that's one... I mean, frankly, without going into deep lore, I think that that's, frankly, one of many things in this movie that they literally just gave us with no explanation and expected us to just take it, like, you know... Okay, so Palpat-
0: this was yeah. Palpatine's plan. And, and I'm And Palpatine gonna get... knew all about it. He was like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here's, here's Palpatine's plan, right? Yeah. I'm going to have Rey strike me down. Then I'll enter her. My essence will transfer to her, right? So that's yep. his plan. Up until the last second. And then he's like oh, dyads, the two (laughs) will restore the one. And he's like, I've got a better plan. I don't need your body now. I'm just going to take the whole cake and I'm going to come back fully. Like
2: Literally the only explanation of that, it makes no sense, but literally the only explanation that can be found with the information we have is that like, if he had sucked one life, like a Dementor from Harry Potter, (laughs) he would not have had enough to come back. But with two... He had enough. But but because <laughs> it's a dyad. That's, we're, we're
0: mentally, yeah. there's something like it's very unique. Right. Well, I like and,
2: the idea of the dyad because it gives us an explanation yeah. for their force connection. But also, Snoke said, it was I who bridged your minds. In Palpatine yeah, said, Pal- Pal- it
0: was I who made yeah,
2: yeah, Snoke. He in yeah. a yeah.
1: jar of so, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Pickled so, Snoke. Pickled so, Snoke, as did, Rich yeah.
2: says. So did Palpatine... Well, did Palpatine... Bridge their minds? Did he know they were a dyad before? Ultimately, it didn't seem it, like exactly. So yeah, why yeah.
1: the whole thing?
3: You know, right, 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 right. Really and, strange, and the thing, yeah. and
2: so the thing also that I think is not entirely clear in that scene, and the question that I have is: Palpatine, when he was going to, you know, whatever, enter her, when he struck her down or whatever, would it have been? Was he suggesting that he was going to possess her body? or was he just suggesting that the Sith would rise again through her no no he, it was stri- no
0: there was it was like no i will be part of you and all the you know a thousand generations of jedi live in Rey. and he's like no i want a thousand generations of sith to live in you and he he's selfish yeah he wants to live
2: well, in well that's her. why i was confused cuz
0: i'm like yeah. if he's
2: going to become the yeah. Empress, yeah. why would he want that that's why I was yeah confused. yeah no yeah. I
0: think it's very selfish right yeah. it must be because he does not care about his granddaughter
2: because she, she's blood right that's yeah, not yeah. in the character of the Sith. Well, clearly not because right. uh, the other thing like sorry if you're going to ask this question but how in the world and like you don't even have to answer this why in the world is the Emperor's child, whether it's Ray's mom or dad, I'm not sure, why in the world is the Emperor's child, like, a really good guy who wants to, like, save his kid? Yeah. Like, wouldn't the Emperor's child, even if it's an illegitimate child, be, like, a prize of the Empire? Like, the probably
1: not the very Empire? smart, because they sold their kid... Into slavery. God, God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so much. There's so yeah. much Also <laughs> like
0: the idea of Senator Palpatine at any point in his yes, his career, yes. like yes. even making love with another so organic I, I creature. Was thinking, like, I was
2: thinking too. I was like, Where oh I was God. thinking too. I was like at what's what a point, horror movie. Yeah, at what point in Palpatine's life, like raised this old. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, her yeah. dad was certain yeah, this yeah, old like, like, like at and I was like, Was it a prequel time? It's man? a prequel time. Like, he had those you know,
0: he had I listened was listening to the Ringer podcast and
3: He has the velvety robes, and he has a lot of power, and he has that big
1: office, and so yeah. Um, okay, so we got it. It's not, it's not set up. But I, I would say one thing on that okay. point with like the whole dyad thing. This movie had a lot of like magical stuff happening, like a lot, yeah, well, especially way near more. the end. Yeah, yeah There's yeah. a lot of like weird force stuff happening that you just have to accept. The healing yeah. and yeah, I, everything. Yeah, the, and the stuff that I think a lot of people will just they'll just accept because they've seen it in other movies. They've seen Marvel movies. They've seen Harry Potter. They get how this stuff goes, yeah, and they're yeah. like, okay, yeah, I accept this. But if you've watched Star Wars. There's no you, precedent. You know that there's not a huge precedent for that kind of stuff. Yes, there is there are force powers but throughout, the force lightning throughout, through the through throughout the, through the, the atmosphere throughout the original trilogy like when the force lightning comes at the end <laughs> of Return of the Jedi you're like oh my gosh yeah, like, yeah. Right. it is a shock to you yeah. because so nothing. far it's like well also you have, has
2: never seen force lightning before
1: well, yeah, and, but, before she does it and yeah. you, have, you have like you know ben, ben Kenobi being like you know these are not the droids you're looking for and that's like cool in that yeah, moment yeah, it's just awesome. real little simple things and the Jedi it's very kind of muted yeah. it's very like there's not there's not a ton of magic there's going on. There limits to it. Like, there are limits to it. It kind of just engages it at moments and it's so cool when it does. But this movie is just like magic. Every, there's always something happening that you kind of have to just say, oh, it's force magic. It was also yep. strange. And it's just a lot we're at the, end of the for all that to well, come. Using
2: the word magic, too, just really quickly, yeah. they definitely, put, and I'm, I'm going to differentiate magic from the force here, yeah. there was definitely a lot of magic elements as well. Like, yeah. we get this Sith dagger and, like, we're in this ancient Sith the temple. The Yeah, like, like all the <laughs> souls of the Sith are making that Darth Maul sound from episode one. The chanting um, was cool. Yeah, yeah. The but, you know, cool, I, I but... just was like, this feels is much more fantasy than it's, it's fan fiction. It's like yeah. a video
0: game, yeah. and all the exposition yeah, is yeah. like, "Oh, you completed the mission. Now watch this cool clip." Yeah, and yeah. they're going to tell you what's going to happen next. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it was like a high budget fan fiction, which is how I've read someone review it, yeah. and I thought that was a great way to put it. Um, okay, let's let's move to rankings, boys, because we got to look at we got to look cool. at the Star Wars universe, uh, a look ahead like where next. But oh I also want to look at like we need to, unlike this movie. We need to breathe a second. Okay. We need to see this movie again, probably. But at this point, I want to look at it in the totality, the saga. We're going to include Rogue One and Solo as well. Wow. And I want to rank those films, and I want to share our rankings.
3: Bold moon.
0: Um, and mood. I think I think I want to let you guys go. I think, we'll, let's just do it like this. Share your list with no explanation. Just read your list. No explanation in between. And then we'll, we'll oh, quibble. Can't. Rich, okay. Rich. All right, I'm gonna. All right, all right, all right. Just read it continually right. and then I'll we'll quibble about it okay. for a minute. Okay? Right. Read your list continually, we'll quibble about it, and then I've got a list that I'll read. Okay? Um All right. we,
3: sure.
1: sh- we should let Rich go
2: first.
3: Alright, Rich.
0: Alright.
2: Richard Christmas. Okay, I'm gonna go from one to eleven, including the two spin-off movies. Okay. So I got one, Empire Strikes Back, two, Revenge of the Sith, Ooh. three, Rogue One, four, Return of the Jedi, five, The Last Jedi. Six, The Force Awakens. Seven, A New Hope. Eight, Attack of the Clones. Nine, Rise of Skywalker. Ten, Solo. Eleven, The Phantom Menace. Wait, so you have Attack of the Clones ahead of Rise of Skywalker. Okay, well, the reason why I have the Rise of Skywalker lower, I think the Rise of Skywalker is a... uh, There were a lot of scenes I loved, I really enjoyed the movie... But I think that Attack of the Clones actually fits much better in the series than Rise of Skywalker does. And while Attack of the Clones has a number of issues as a film, I think Rise of Skywalker, as much as I love Star Wars, I think it was a poorly executed movie. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have it below Attack of the Clones. Fair enough. Now
0: I, have Empire Strikes I love back. how high you have Episode 3, by the way. Yeah, I mean I have that Empire Strikes. Gut, t- kid. I oh, love
2: man. it. I love Episode Three. I have Empire Strikes Back as number one because I think it's the best film overall. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I must say, and this could be just because of the year I was born, I'm not sure, but Revenge of the Sith is the movie that I enjoy the most and I have watched the most times. It's the most rewatchable. Pretty, yeah. Yeah.
3: It is,
0: man. Okay, okay, I like this. Um can can you read through it one more time real quick, Rich? Yep. Yeah. Empire
2: Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One, Return of the Jedi, The Last Jedi. The Force Awakens, A New Hope, Attack of the Clones, Rise of Skywalker, Solo, The Phantom Menace. Okay. So Rogue One's pretty high for you. I think Rogue One is a fantastic standalone film. I think it's really well written, really well acted. Mm -hmm. I think it expands the lore of both the Rebellion, the Empire, and the Force. Because we get the Kyber crystals and all that stuff. And I think that the movie is absolutely beautiful visually. Yeah. And I think that puts it really high on my list.
0: It is so Gnosticism, this heresy in the church of, like, everything's ethereal and, like, Mm -hmm. only the Force matters, this invisible thing. Whereas Rogue One turns against that and says, okay, the Force is cool, and we're going to show you Darth Vader, like, slaughtering people at the end. It's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. But you're going to watch this gritty war movie. And these are real people, regular folks, who are connected to the Force, but this is is real, Mm -hmm. it's solid, it's you know, matter matters, you know, they're dirty and grimy and bloody. And, um, it's a really grounding movie and a great movie.
2: I also felt that just two super quick points about Rogue One. I think that Rogue One gives us what George Lucas wanted to show us, but was limited by technology. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really awesome, including how frightening Vader is. I think that's what we wanted to see. And then I also think that, um, and how frightening the Death Star is Yeah. too. And I, and I, and I think that's really cool Um, And another thing is I think the way that they treat the Force through the Force or Jedi Guardian, Jedi Temple Guardian character, I think that that actually has surprisingly Christian elements to it. Like when he walks by faith and not by sight throughout the entire film.
1: Nate, what's your biggest issue with Rich's list? It's it's pretty incredible looking at this list. It goes from 1 to 11. It's pretty amazing that uh, A New Hope is number 7. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty, pretty, well pretty not like that. Pretty far so, down. That's so, that is that's called
2: Star
3: Wars. I, yeah, Star I understand. Yeah, yeah, I
2: understand that a New Hope is like you know it's what started it all. I think yeah. it's a fantastic Joseph Campbell hero's journey, all that stuff. But I think that when you watch a New Hope alongside some of the other films, it just doesn't feel as great. Sure. It's not. I think the most exciting moments of a New Hope pale compared to like Revenge of the Sith and stuff like that.
1: Interesting. And you have Return of the Jedi at number four, which... Too high in my... F- for me, that's too high. Like, it, when I watch Return of the Jedi, there are so many cringeworthy things in it. Where are. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, it's got its great moments, right? I mean, the moment... Like, really great moments. Really great In moments. the throne room. In I mean, the throne room, Vader deciding to kill the... I mean, like, it's inc- incredible stuff. But there's also a lot of cringe, yeah. both in Jabba's Palace and on Endor, like, a lot you don't like of the Jabba's movie. Pa- I think the opening scene. is... No, it's not sequences. Jabba's Palace as a whole, but, but, uh, but several parts of it, yeah. particularly some of the special edition yeah, parts yeah, yeah. of <laughs> it. Our, well, that whole, uh, worry, that whole uh, club uh, song part is
2: brutal. The music. No, but I'll, I'll defend my oh place for Return of the Jedi in one statement. Okay. Return of the Jedi has a lot of flack. There's a lot of parts that I fast-forward through. Yeah. But I honestly think the throne room scene is... I still, at this point, I think the throne room scene is the single best scene of all Star Wars. I think I don't know if I could agree with you more sir and that is the great problem because the rest of the movie I really trash. dislike yeah. <laughs> but the part when the moment and I I yep. literally I literally tear up when yep. I see it every time when Luke says when he throws his lightsaber and says no yeah. I am a Jedi oh, like my, my father, father, father before me, me yeah. that, and the Emperor says what, so be it yeah. jedi that's what it is that I'm, the like, best I'm saying, scene. when
0: I'm in 7th grade and <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm finally <laughs> understanding these movies and I see that that's what well, did it. That's when yeah. I got my Star Wars tattoo. Yep. I wasn't 13, but yep. that's why I, you know, like, that the, moment. So,
2: the the light the on the candle <laughs> of that scene, yes. it makes it okay for uh, me. Gosh. Yeah, gosh. Okay. All
1: right, let's hear somebody Nate, else's. Okay. Nate, So, So we're going to my list here. So my ranking of the Star Wars movies. Number one, Empire Strikes Back. Number two, The Last Jedi. Number three, A New Hope. Number four... The Force Awakens, number five, Rogue One, number six, Revenge of the Sith, number seven, Return of the Jedi, eight, Rise of Skywalker, nine, Attack of the Clones, ten, Solo, and eleven, The Phantom Menace. Oh, you really don't like Solo, huh? What do you got against General Grievous? <laughs>
0: okay, let me see this. No, here.
1: actually, I I think um, I think Revenge of the Sith. Uh, you know, it's my favorite of the prequels. And I think it's a pretty good movie. Um, I just don't hold it in as high regard as a lot of, like, the original trilogy and mm-hmm. even, um, you know, some of the sequel trilogy, Last Jedi and Force Awakens. I'm glad you have Revenge of the Sith
0: ahead of Return of the Jedi, though. Yes.
3: Um,
0: okay, Last Jedi you have pretty high. I mm. actually don't disagree with you, but I think a lot of people will just be shocked. As this is this is definitely the most polarizing of any Star Wars movie. The Last Jedi, yeah. right? Like. You either loved it or you hated it. There was really very little yeah. middle ground. Tell me about putting that ahead of, you know, the beloved Star Wars original.
1: Well, I think The Last Jedi is in many ways a a spiritual a sequel to The Empire Strikes Back. And I love The Empire Strikes Back. That's why it's number 1. Um, I think that as you look at The Empire Strikes Back, it just takes a new hope forward in so many ways. Most of the stuff we love about the original trilogy comes from The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. Things like the Imperial March or like Yoda or so many different things that come in. It's like that came in The Empire Strikes Back. It moves the trilogy forward in so many mm-hmm. ways. And I think The Last Jedi did that for the sequel trilogy. It. I mean, as I look at the sequel trilogy now in these three parts, The Last Jedi moved it forward to significance in a way that... None of the rest of it did. You say that um, even has, in light of seeing, even episode light of 9. seeing, even even especially in light of seeing episode nine, and um, I think when I look at that film, the ways the ways it moved the sequel trilogy forward, the big ideas that it had at play, um, even that one of the best scenes of the film when we see Yoda again and he talks to Luke and says, you know, you didn't understand. I told you to pass on what you've what you had learned. That includes failure. Yeah failure the best teacher is. And it's such this incredible moment where you're like, oh my gosh, like maybe it's not just about just heroism and everybody like this, this great hero can do the right thing all the time. But what if our heroes like sometimes failed us Mm -hmm. and what if, what if that's okay and what if we could learn from that? It's such a massive thing in a popular sci-fi Fantasy saga like this to have these big ideas about what what it is to be a teacher, what it is to fail and succeed, uh, what it is to be significant. All of a sudden, these big ideas are back in Star Wars in a way that they maybe hadn't been since Empire Strikes Back. And I mm-hmm. felt that
2: too because and that's when, incredible. When the Yoda theme from the Empire Strikes Back, when the Jedi started playing, yeah. when Yoda was talking and whatever, yeah. I actually remember feeling in the theater. I was like this feels like one of the originals. Yeah. Like, this is like mm. in that scene particularly. Yeah. It's like, it wow. is a great movie. Because
1: we've had the prequels, and we had, like, and the, fighting Yoda. The, the, the prequels feel like,
2: so different than the original so trilogy. so
1: different. Too, it's, oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, now, like, wise Yoda is back, and oh my gosh, like, don't we need his wisdom And, and
0: he's a puppet, which is just beautiful. Oh, right? yeah. It's
1: beautiful. Okay, Nate, it's one, like one more time. <laughs> <laughs> because uh,
0: Because our listeners can't see what I'm seeing right now, can you read it one more time?
1: Yeah, so number one, Empire Strikes Back, The Last Jedi, A New Hope, The Force Awakens, Rogue One, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker, Attack of the Clones, Solo, and The Phantom Menace. So you, you
0: can see that Solo's it. better than The Phantom Menace. I, I was going to say, my, <laughs> Phantom Menace was
1: last in my yep. list
2: as well. I, uh, I'm curious, why do you have it at the very bottom?
1: Yeah, The Phantom Menace is not a great film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's only so much we can say about it, but... I, I think the prequel trilogy should have been the story of Obi-Wan Kenobi um, in the way that, that the original trilogy was the story of Luke Skywalker yep. and that Anakin Skywalker was a character throughout all six... Um, and, and just the, the fact that the Phantom Menace just kind of didn't know what to do and it had Qui-Gon Jinn, and it had Obi-Wan and it had Anakin and it had Jar Jar and it, just, it didn't know what it wanted and, to it, it also
2: felt to me especially in the span of the whole saga, episode yeah. one feels like George Lucas thought that he had so much time to tell yeah. the story. Like he was like, oh I'm going to spend time with the Gungans yeah, and just all gonna
0: this hang stuff, here, whatever. And it's like, which, yeah. which, as I think back, is refreshing yeah. after drinking from the fire hydrant of blue milk <laughs> that is episode yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah. But, um, okay, yeah. so, uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, no, I think you'll...
2: The reason why I put Phantom Menace at the very bottom is because I definitely feel like if you think of what the prequels were trying, the story the prequels were trying to tell, Yeah. the Phantom Menace, you can actually cut it off yeah. And summarize yeah. it in a line or two and then start with episode 2 and yeah, it all right. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: It's true. I pretty heard ex- that.
2: Pretty expendable. Yeah. The
0: the machete order, right? Just yeah. cut it out. Yeah. Treat it as a standalone. Okay. Um I'm going to read my list. Boys, I have two lists. Oh
3: boy.
0: I have two lists. That's okay. That's
3: not how the force works. This yeah, is how the force fair. works.
0: The force can be anything I want it to be obviously. So, um okay, it. so yeah. here's here are my here are my four little phrases here that will describe this verse list, okay? This is the film critic version. Okay, this is Cody impersonating oh a film critic, okay? okay. It's, putting himself into... That's what? right. What is this, it's, it's, this, is, this is a diet? <laughs> boys, boys, this is my highbrow, my sensible... This is thinking with my head. Right, just go for Okay, it. ready? Empire Strikes Back, number one. Rogue One. Ooh. The Last Jedi. A New Hope. Revenge of the Sith. The Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker, Solo, Attack of the Clones, and The Phantom Menace. Okay, now that's the list I would bring to this meeting. Okay, so that's the list I would publish on the internet so I wouldn't get bullied. That's right. Now let me read, before we even... Pretty uh, similar to my list, though. Is it? What are the differences?
3: I mean... You um, have, you have you, The Last Jedi up uh, one. We, we had, got Rogue
1: One a little higher. So, Solo and Attack of the Clones, we just flipped. Because um, mm-hmm. Solo's better. Right. But yeah, you right. but you have very similar... Wow. Very right. similar idea of, of uh, Empire Strikes Back being first. Obviously. You have The Last Jedi pretty high. Yeah. Um, you have A New Hope pretty high. But you have Return of the Jedi pretty low. Okay. Um, which I would
0: agree with. Right. Okay, so now you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Okay. So... Ju- juxtapose
2: true of
0: Juxtapose that list With what I call The alternate list The kids version Okay Okay baby Cody Alright <laughs> Not baby Yoda But baby Cody Alright This is Not highbrow This is lowbrow Not sensible This is my guilty pleasure Alright let's hear it Not head But this is thinking with my heart Okay, okay. These are more rewatchable Alright here we go Here we go One Obviously Empire Strikes Back Okay it's still number one Two. You ready? Rise of Skywalker. Okay, stay with me. This is my list, Richard. This is my list, Richard. (laughs) Three, Revenge of the Sith. Four, Rogue One. Five, The Force Awakens. Six, Attack of the Clones. You ever seen so many Jedi in one spot? That's an amazing scene. This party's over. (laughs) Get over it. Jango Fett getting beheaded? Get over it. That's good. Okay, Uh, where am I? Seven, Return of the Jedi. Eight. The Last Jedi, that's right. Sometimes when I think about The Last Jedi, if I'm being honest, I just see Luke getting rained on it in a gray like gray yeah, background. Uh-huh. It's sad and slow and depressing, and it's a great movie, but I hate I it. Hall, though, okay. Nine, Solo. Ten, A New Hope, that's right.
3: It's rough, the yeah.
0: only movie that I will watch less than A New Hope is A Phantom Menace. I put on A New Hope. I love this movie. It's a Star Wars movie. I love it let me caveat with that I put this movie on when I'm ready to take a nap because for 45 minutes I see a sad 18 year old boy walking through the desert we gotta be
2: honest though with A New Hope and the reason why A New Hope I think is it it gets such a bad rap because it's so early like the effects are just not there okay but can we not judge it on that (laughs) Okay, this is the kids version this is why you love the prequels and I love the
0: prequels I mean they're just not visually stunning at the time they were groundbreaking I get that but the rise of Skywalker is visually amazing like that's why it's number two so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Empire Strikes Back is still number one because though the effects aren't stunning the story is just too darn good to be anything but one so yeah,
1: and the fat has been
0: trimmed and, i mean it yeah. is a
1: it is a movie like every scene, every okay. scene should be there
0: so what are your thoughts on this and this is my my you know we got to wrap up here but the conflict that I carried into rise of Skywalker that was at odds I was at odds with myself the whole time was like you know, baby Cody loves this movie, and you're just giving me what I want, and I just am gonna enjoy it shamelessly and The other part of me is like, this isn't smart; this isn't forefront
2: fest, do you know like like how do we deal with that? How do we wrestle with that? uh you watch it with your kids in a couple of years and you enjoy it, but then when they get really scared by the emperor and toothy Ray, you turn it off <laughs> but um no, I think that in in reality, I think that we need to treat rise of skywalker like attack of the clones and what i mean by that is attack of the clones has some awesome scenes it does the lightsaber fight in the end is amazing count dooku is so cool but (laughs) as a movie it's not a great movie and i think that's exactly what rise of skywalker is Mm
3: -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. rewatchability versus a quality film i think it's
0: gotta be what helps us fall asleep at night we just make peace with those things um, like
1: a lot of it 's rewatchable and like fun I mean like light speed skipping and stuff mm-hmm, like pretty mm-hmm. fun stuff to watch and there 's new something new to see every time you yeah. watch it again, like you said, visually stunning. But sometimes with rewatchability, I feel like it can be hard to relive like the, <laughs> the crazy, trauma? like just like yeah, the yeah. trauma and like uh, the emotions of it. That is one one difficulty with like Revenge of the Sith, even where it's like you have all this fun stuff in the beginning that's fun to rewatch, but then it's like, oh man, all these emotions. But just, and like, every time and I like, think, you know, when those Jedi so, are
2: getting shot down by yeah. their
1: clones, every time it's tough. I
0: think Anakin is going to make the right decision, <laughs> obey May- Mace Windu. Like every time, and that's the, the mark of a yeah, great movie. So hard,
1: yeah. but yeah, but this movie in that way, it's. Like it's, it probably would be hard to like rewatch this whole like crazy conclusion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over and over again. But there's a lot in the beginning and middle that's like they're right. just like cool set. Pieces. Like watch it for 15 minutes yeah. and then move yeah. on. Yeah. But
0: okay, boys, I think in our last like real quick, we need to just get give final thoughts on like where do, where do we go from here in the Star Wars universe. Thank God for the Mandalorian. I'll yeah. say that. Um, I mean, Orion's good. I love it. This is the yep. way. This is the way. This is the way. I have spoken. Uh, well, um, RIP.
2: I think that uh, I, I said this earlier. I don't know if this was on air or not, but I'll say it again. The uh, when I was walking out of the Rise of Skywalker, I remember thinking to myself, "Wow, this is how liberty dies." Thunderous applause. No, I remember thinking that. Um, no, I remember thinking I was like, "This is the end of you know Star Wars." Wow. Okay. And then I remembered that there is still Star Wars content coming out, and that's still going to happen. So I feel like all this—I don't, don't fear. Yeah. So this idea of Rise of Skywalker being some sort of conclusion, I remember that they cobbled together the idea of this being the Skywalker saga in order to sell this movie. Yeah. So I think yeah. that our—I think that any hope that feels lost at the end of this film, if you're one of those people that didn't love it, there's um, a new hope. Th- yeah, there's a new hope. There's <laughs> there's more stuff coming out, and um. I think The Mandalorian is amazing. I mean, it's not without flaw, but I'm enjoying it a sure. lot. Yeah. Um, we got you and McGregor coming back, boys. So, Thank the Lord. You know, I'm pretty excited about that. Have you guys seen this
0: meme of like people say, like, don't forget who really matters around the Christmas season? Yeah. And it's a picture of you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looking one, a one. lot like a white Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right. very
2: funny. Moving on. But yeah. yeah. And uh, I just think, but I am very curious to see where Star Wars goes in the future because. I doubt that Star Wars is going to end anytime soon, um, practically speaking, especially now that we got this Galaxy's Edge and Disney World and all this stuff, <laughs> yeah. but I think that I'm very curious to see where it goes, because I think that, like we said earlier, where we got to let the past die, I think that we cannot stay tethered to our, our traditional core characters yeah. anymore. Now we need to move. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. And when we do move, what are we moving to? I think that's really interesting.
0: Yeah, Um, and can we get, like, Kevin Feige to oversee this so that it's cohesive, and can we just give Ryan Johnson an an entire trilogy? Yep.
2: Which they have.
0: Uh, Is that still happening? Apparently. He he declined it
1: a while ago, unless he came back on. Uh, Supposedly, he is going to do it. I sense the conflict. Nate, you have final thoughts on this, man. Where, Where to go Next. Well, I thought this sequel trilogy was going to be where we went next. (laughs) And it kind of was, and it kind of wasn't. There was a lot of nostalgia. There were a lot of old characters. If I watch, like, the first 45 minutes of The Force Awakens, I'm like, this is the next thing. Yes. Right? It's like, I'm so pumped with these new characters. And then over time, like you said, all the old characters come in, and you're just like, all right, I guess we're kind of back to the old stuff. Um and so that was a little bit disappointing that this they tried to kind of make this part of the whole same saga instead of being something new. I'm ready for something new. Let's have some new characters. Let's have some new stories. You don't have to deeply connect it to what's going on. I'd like it to be connected in some way in the timeline so we get a sense of like, where, okay, yeah, yeah. where are we at? Just to t- kind of think about it like the Mandalorian yeah. does, right? It kind of yeah. tells us here's where we're at in the timeline after the fall of the empire. We can kind of understand where we are, but then we can just meet new characters, have new adventures and all the cool stuff we like about star Wars, um, including things like, like lightsabers in the forest and blasters and cool planets and and all, all that stuff can, can be there, but we get to meet some new people and have some new adventures. I think that's fun. I'm looking, looking forward to that. And I hope that they bring in some incredible auteur directors yeah. that have some big ideas and are willing to just tell some great stories that have nothing to do with what we've done so far mm-hmm. and they're just something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something different, play with some new genres, have some fun with it, move us. Yeah, as make as us long, feel as, something. I, I as, think teaches franchise something. depends on it. Honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As long as Palpatine is the central character moving in the shadows, I'm good with whatever they make moving yeah, pulling the moving <laughs> um, forward. So, I don't know where to go next. I'll say this in conclusion. Um, we're critical of these Star Wars movies, and I think if you go back and re- re-watch the original trilogy, there is plenty to pick apart. Maybe not with Episode 5, but those are not perfect movies. Um, these were never like perfect movies, like The Godfather is maybe a perfect film. These are not. It, it's a genre movie, it's a sci-fi film, and they're fun, and they're exciting, and they've got uh, timeless characters, and th- there's there's something artful about them, but it's also, I mean, it is what it is. Let's be thankful that we're in a, in a, living in a time where the Galaxy's Edge exists. All right, so we'll just be thankful and uh, enjoy our uh, Merry Christmas and New Year's the Probably. galaxy
1: is big and the future is bright yeah. amen amen brother there are a lot of stars out there and one day I'm gonna see them all <laughs> there you go <laughs> a little bit yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. I love the new so
2: I still want an Old Republic trilogy with uh, as do I <laughs> as do I with Keanu um, Reeves you hear that Kathleen you yeah. hear that Kathleen Kathleen, Keanu Reeves as Darth Revan okay, okay.
0: Yep. alright with that uh, thanks for listening and happy holidays
1: we'll see you next time may the force be with you